Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 51, which is our anime episode. Well, at least our first anime episode. Uh, this is Akira by Katsuhiro Otomo from 1988 and The Promised Neverland by Mamuro Kanbei from 2019. Uh, so, uh, the, our special guest is Lily, my daughter, who is 14, a freshman in high school, and has introduced me to a lot of her anime and her passion for anime, which I am so happy for and embracing and letting her explore that wonderful genre. And so she introduced me to The Promised Leverand, and I introduced her to Akira. And it was a really wonderful exchange, and it was a great uh, concept to bring her onto Martini Giant and for us to talk all about it and about what that genre is especially nowadays that there's a lot of great uh the kids that are embracing anime and really seeing how wonderful that genre is especially in storytelling and character building really really great stuff so super happy to have lily on and to talk with our crowd and to be part of that now i highly recommend that you guys watch the promised neverland it is available on netflix it is a uh, season one, which is a complete arc, as we mentioned in the podcast, is uh, 12 episodes, but so it's about five to six hours total. Uh, but still, it's really great to watch and really fun to do. Um, and yeah, I don't think it'll disappoint you guys too much. But of course, Akira is also available. You guys should check out Akira. Fantastic anime, classic anime, really good. And we talk about both of them. But we actually talk about anime as a genre more than anything. And it was a really cool thing to have it. Obviously, Dan is a huge fan of it. So it was really cool to have that. Now, speaking of our podcast, we have decided to start a Twitch channel. Yes, uh, we are not very good at it, but we are getting better and we need your help at getting better at it. And the only way that's going to happen is if we keep doing it. So yes, we had our first Twitch episode that came out uh, that we did uh, last weekend, which was for our Halloween episode. And yes, don't worry, we will still do an audio podcast. It will come out at the appropriate time, so you'll still be able to hear it. But if you want to see us live, you can do that. So twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. That is martini underscore giant. Yes, you can do us. Uh, you can check us out there and uh, subscribe to us on Twitch. And then when we do post an episode, we will be or when we do have an episode it'll be uh, uh it'll give you a warning or a or, or an alert that you'll be able to watch us there i think we are planning one this saturday which i believe is the 17th of october uh that'll be out as well so uh just be a heads up on there that's our plan again we're not good at twitch yet we're getting better and we just need to practice and so we hopefully you guys can be involved the last twitch was great we had about Eight to twelve listeners that were involved with us, mostly our hardcore fans, and uh, being able to engage with our audience and chat while we're actually recording the podcast was a lot of fun. So I really appreciate it. So definitely come on Twitch, uh, check us out there. Again, that is Twitch.tv/Martini underscore Giant. Anyway, uh, with that being said, please enjoy this amazing podcast, our first anime episode with Akira and The Promised Neverland. Um, how is everybody doing? Good. Good, good. I'm enjoying a fine uh, Japanese beer. Sapporo. Uh, that's my favorite beer. It's that's good. good. That's good stuff. Lily was uh, laughing because it says it's premium beer. 
It's premium. That's right. I don't know. There's nothing to laugh at anymore. <laughs> Number one. Number yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, Number one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, think I love it's probably the yeah. It's the, it's probably the Budweiser of Japan. But you know, hey, whatever. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it's that. Amazing. But notice it only has oh, one star, while Doseki's has two stars. Yes. <laughs> oh no, that's two X's. Two Sorry. X's. <gasps> joke, <laughs> joke made did not go well. <laughs> two X's, um, Doseki's. But yes, yeah. it's uh, it's a good beer. I like cheap yeah. beer. But uh, I thought it was appropriate for our anime series That's to right. have a Japanese beer. I'm eating a huge pile of seaweed right now, so it <laughs> also works. Uh, I went fishing I'm and caught a huge pile off. of seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicely done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having uh, a luck alone. You are. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to draw, Eric, you're going to have to look in the direction of your microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not drawing. I'm not drawing. You no, I like it that you're drawing. It's good. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, how are you doing? We're doing okay. Yeah. I went fishing today, like I said. Mm-hmm. I went to Leo Carrillo Beach, hoping to find a slightly different species of fish to capture. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh no such luck. Uh <laughs> but still a beautiful day. Uh, uh I did get stopped by the state uh state park uh rangers. <laughs> Game nice. wardens, game wardens. Yeah, well, they check my fishing license, which I'm actually glad that they do that because otherwise, what's yeah. the point of buying that thing? getting the fishing license? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they check my fishing license, but apparently, there's been some poaching on the beaches. Yeah, have you heard about that? People poaching, no. like clearing out tide pools, like taking all the clams and stuff out of the tide pools. Wow, like I have no idea why people are doing that. Apparently, like, they were like hungry. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine California clams are particularly good. Hmm. Not necessarily. Some of the clams are pretty good. I come from Cape Cod, so I'm extremely hoity-toity in this in this area. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Pismo, Pismo, Pismo Beach has some pretty good-looking clams, i got to tell you. Uh, I buy it. Yeah, I buy that. Okay. If, it's yeah, gonna, look, if there's going to be competition, I'm sure it'll be Pismo. Listen, Bugs Bunny <laughs> said it right there in Bugs Bunny. He says, Pismo Beach. Here we are, Pismo Beach. All the clams you can eat. All the clams. <laughs> it's right there in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> That's true. So this was, we have a special guest with us this time. My daughter, Lily, is joining us with her favorite subject, anime. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Hello, Lily. And, Hello. Hello. So how uh so... I decided that she was going to pick a really good anime because she she's she's all over the map in anime. She's got all kinds of stuff that she's watching. We got Crunchyroll, so we can get her even more diversity in the anime field. Right. Uh, she considers herself a weeb. Is that the correct term? Yeah. A weeb. Okay. So explain to the audience what a weeb is, in case they don't know. So I forgot if there's an actual definition, but basically, someone who watches a lot of anime and if like obsessed with the kind of like. <laughs> who watches a lot obsessed of anime, anime. And, and is obsessed and inversed and in, in, introvert? In, no, invested themselves into the culture. Invested themselves. Okay. So yeah, what is uh, the? It's like, a, it's like uh, being otaku. Yeah. But what is the difference between? I was going to get that. What is the difference yeah. between oh. otaku and and? and uh, My friend's mom told me I need to find it. Okay, hold on. I'm going to go ahead. Keep keep talking. Wait. 
So she, so the other thing that was interesting is Lily has been educating me on all matters anime, uh, and I have uh, basically uh, one of the things she she told me about is that there's different classifications of anime, and one is masculine anime and and feminine ma- anime or boy anime or girl anime. Yeah, there uh, were yeah. shonen there and shojo. Yeah. Shonen and sojo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it. Okay. Uh, the main difference between a, weeb- a weeaboo and an, o- and an otaku is that an otaku says that anime is life. It's usually meant to show their love for it, but it doesn't mean it's literally all they care about. An otaku can be described as a fan of manga and anime while a weeaboo is obsessed with them. Right, right. Yeah, that's fair. That sounds Okay. Fair. But otaku, I think, literally means... And I'd be completely wrong, so please correct us. I have the definition us. on the back of my phone. But yes, but an otaku may actually, I think actually means, comes from the word house. So someone who's basically always at home, never leaves the house. <laughs> it sounds like all of us right now. We are all yeah, otaku. Yeah, right yeah, so we're all a little bit otaku, I think. I don't know if that's the actual definition, but I think there's some relationship between those two I those first two heard things. the word otaku in relation to electronics a um, long time ago. Uh, and uh, I think it was used with because, like, there's the there are Japanese uh, like in Tokyo, there's like um, electronics fairs and stuff that you go to. And, oh, like, right. People that want very, very specific types of electronics that are fans of you know like different kinds of technologies and stuff. Like this. I don't know if that's the source, but that's the first time I ever heard it referenced. And then it slowly got mixed up with anime as well. Uh, I think the definition of, of like inside slash indoors house whatever is um, uchi. Uchi? I think so. I could, I, I could be very wrong. Okay. Now you got me beat on all of this. I'm going to accept it as true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as, as informed as I am, I think Lily is correct. Yeah, which is great. I mean, honestly speaking, you know, this is something that I've, I've, always, I've always appreciated anime and I've always really liked what it does, but I've never really sort of gotten into the culture of what it is mm-hmm. and understood some of that. So Lily has been uh, educating me about it. Uh, so one of the things I was excited to do was to actually show her uh, um, Akira, yep. and uh, and then she was kind of excited to show me one of the things that she really likes as well, which is I always get the, the name promise Neverland. The promise Neverland. Neverland. The yes. promised Neverland. Yeah. Uh, so uh, which was it's just a series, um, kind of a mini series, but it definitely looks like there's going to be a season two. <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. I, um, I think it's delayed a year. Yeah. Oh, really? Everything's delayed a year. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Attack on Titan season two was supposed to come out in like October, but it's been pushed to 2021. Which no, sucks. I, th- I I'm going to say I think that the, this delay and everything. I mean, it's lousy for getting work, but like it is good for movie making because then people have to think about what they're doing instead of rushing it. And yeah, they got to prioritize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like when when you have like you see movies that like um, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, Literally seen it. Yeah, you did. You like The Thing. The thing. Oh yes, I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> super good, right? Like the, uh, I think Carpenter's even said this, but like the the reason why it's so much better than any of his other films is because they had, I think, a writer's strike or uh, like a, I think it might have been a writer's strike that happened right in the middle of production, and they hmm. were on hold for weeks. Like they couldn't shoot, they couldn't do anything, right? Hmm. Um, and it gave them time to watch all the footage they shot. And rewrite stuff so it was tighter and better. Like they started writing for the movie they were making instead of sticking to the script that they had. Interesting. And then uh, and and you end up with a classic now. And so I think that like it's going to be weird coming out of 
um, you know, the uh, the COVID situation entertainment wise, because I bet like all the stuff that's on pause, like when it comes back, everything's going to be like twice as good because right. all the creators have been doing is sitting around and thinking about the movie that they want to make. That's possible. Mm-hmm. That's possible. possible. But there's, there's also other weird side effects that have happened. One is all these movies that they thought were never going to be good or just sort of been sitting on shelves or suddenly being released because they have the footage, right? No, they're getting dumped. Yeah, but we're getting the bad end of it right now. <laughs> it's right. like, here's a Kelsey Grammer movie made in 2016. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I guess we'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that's also happening is what's also interesting is that it it is also revealing the fact that people are interested in diversity and uh, original content. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Something that they always been fighting. It's like we're you know Netflix is proving it wrong. And what's also interesting is that the movie theaters are now basically reopening, but no one is going to them because no one feels safe there. <laughs> what's the uh, yeah. gross on uh, Tenant? Tenant, yeah. It made twenty million, I think. And what's the budget on Tenant? <laughs> like at least two hundred. Yeah, right? exactly. They blew yeah. up a real plane because it was cheaper than VFX, which yeah. is such yeah. a BS line. Oh, it just, yeah. it's silly. It's so silly. It's, it's PR. I mean, we we understand that this. Is PR. And but it's, I hate it's, it. It's, like, it's frustrating. But, but Nolan does that all the time. Sure. I mean, Ugh. like it is. It's fair he to say that like he that. he leans harder on uh, practical. practical elements than almost any other big director, which is great. And I think that's why his effects look so good. But for him to imply that there's no CG in this stuff is like, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah. The thing is packed with CG. Of it's just that it it's rooted. It's more rooted photographically. Uh, and that's why it looks good. Right. But it's, they also try to do that with Mad Max saying there was no CG when it was like pretty much half CG. Yeah, half a, like all the like every frame was half all CG, the half non-CG. Everything that yes. they're driving through, all the rocks, all that stuff is CG. Exactly. Right. CG. Great, great looking stuff. And there's no like no yeah. diss to George Miller. The best part is that it was practical and CG and you couldn't tell which one was which. So they were both good. You know well, I mean? And that's the thing is because like when we've talked about this before, but it's like the when you have a practical thing to base your CG on and to match to. Like mm-hmm. it's going to make your stuff better, like yeah. automatically, yeah. you know. So I like I think that's all great, but I do think it's. I actually just got into uh, not a, an argument, but like someone on Twitter was like, you know, CG blood is terrible; <laughs> it always looks awful. And then someone had chipped in, like, "Well, Fincher uses CG blood, you know, and it looked great in in Zodiac." And I was like, "Damn, damn straight it did." <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because it was your CG blood, right? That's right. <laughs> that is right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, that's my. I have skin in that game. I can get angry. Well, about that's it. the thing, right? Bad yeah, right. CG blood looks bad. Yeah, exactly. Here's <laughs> here's here's the way to judge it. Things that look like crap look like crap. Not weird. <laughs> well, if here's it's question, good CG would, blood, you don't know that it's CG blood. Right. <laughs> what right, do you exactly. think Tenet would have done box office had there been no uh, pandemic? No pandemic. Oh, I probably would have done great. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't know anything yeah. about the movie. I haven't seen it, but uh, we probably would have done great. And and I don't think it. You know, Tenet Tenet is actually a. You know, I'm I'm all for Tenet. You know, Tenet is is a, is kind of an original content film, right? So that's good. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. We're talking about uh, Polanski's movie, right? Not the Tenet. <laughs> oh, sorry, the giant. Oh. <laughs> the Pattinson. Ah, uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> the two hundred million dollar Roman Polanski, nineteen seventy-seven thriller. Uh, yes, uh, the, but he then, he uh, won't release it digitally, uh, 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 Nolan. Of course not. He's Mister. I shot it on seventy millimeter, whatever. Yeah, right? I know. But so he wants it think, to be in in a theater. Yeah, of I course. Don't blame but him. I'm saying, is he going to? 
he is basically just going to hold out. He's he's the, he's the, yeah. He's the, I think they've lost their money on this thing and they're just going to do whatever he says now. Like, who cares? Like, sure, we'll show it in theaters, Chris, in, you know, 2028. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like, they've already, they've, the studio's already, like, they, there's, there's they've no They've already collected this. the insurance yeah, money exactly. on it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> the, the restaurant's burned down. <laughs> like, that's what happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But well, in any case, yes. Lily's Lily knows that we takes a long time before we even start talking about the movies in question. Oh, are we recording now? Okay. Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we've been recording for thirteen minutes. Uh, so, so, but we, I don't want to necessarily take you know get, get her involved in this. So, so uh, we've talked about the genre of anime and all uh, and all of those things. So, my first, uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that sort of got me interested in anime was obviously when I was a kid. There was a lot of TV shows that were anime right uh that were fun like uh all the all the robot ones the big giant robot oh yeah the the first wave was like uh stuff like oh gosh what like the the stuff from like the 60s that was being shown to us uh and with you know giant giant robot guy and and all that kind of stuff like i i can everyone's kicking and yelling at us right now over their over their headphones because we're not naming the actual episodes because like i really get into this at around the level of like what's called over here battle of the planets and star blazers like that's my first intro to anime so much so that i don't know the actual japanese titles of those things Mm -hmm. actually i I know uh battle gangam or no i know gotcha man and uh and if you watch that in the original Japanese, the story is radically different. Uh, oh, really? It's like it was completely re-edited for us to be more of a kids' cartoon. Uh, well, that's kind of like what we were talking about Godzilla. How Godzilla, the Japanese version of Godzilla, is different than the American version because of the editing, and they basically yeah. the messaging is so different. I the mean, messaging is not yeah. about like, hey, by the way, you guys dropped a giant nuclear bomb on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's more. It's the Americans. <laughs> this is the greatest. Like this is the the most painfully ironic thing in all of film for anyone who hasn't heard our episode on this, they, uh, when they brought Godzilla, the black and white one to the States, they recut it and added Raymond Burr as a lead character. He's a, you know, middle-aged white guy. And he's over there to talk about how sad it is that Godzilla attacked. And I'm like, <laughs> Raymond, <laughs> the, the symbol that's are, going on here we yeah, are godzilla we are godzilla <laughs> raymond we are the ones that dropped two atomic yeah. bombs on yes. that country anyway uh uh so but anyway so there's it's you know obviously uh uh japanese uh, uh culture is very ingrained into manga and anime manga yes. means comic books right Essentially, essentially, yeah. right. So it's the graphic novels, basically. Actually, a lot of uh, a lot of animes actually already have um, or based on manga. manga. No, <laughs> oh yes, but no. Okay, explain. <laughs> um, like the Promised Neverland, the stories continued in the manga. Right. So they're not making they're not making up the season two on the spot. They do have an actual story. It's all it's mainly just the drawing, yeah, the drawing part. From the comic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Which is also true, by the way, for the production of Akira. Akira. Like Akira was made as a movie before the comic was even finished. And so right. the, the comic is, is hugely long uh, and very, very different uh, than the film past a certain point. Hmm. Like the, the comic goes on for many, many, many issues. And uh, like there's elements from the film uh, as the, like, you know, the guy who uh, made the film is the guy who did the comic or the manga. Um, but the movie was part of his own processing of telling the story. And so you can go on to read the, the manga as well and then get a, a much richer version of what's going on. 
the movie right. is sort of like where, where he was at in that storytelling process. Kind of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's not work out. But yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. Okay. So, uh, uh, so Akira came out in 1989? 88. I think that's right. Yeah. 88. Okay. Did you know some of the lead guys that did all that animation were killed in 2019? No kidding. Wow. The, oh, the Kyoto animation fire arson. Oh no. Oh gosh. That's horrible. Do you remember that? Oh, the my. guy goes into an animation studio in 2019. I was reading about it. Yeah. My God. Right. Like 40 this. people died. Yeah. 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 That's sad. Cause he said somebody stole their idea. And so they went in and doused the whole place on fire. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's really sad. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. It was like one of the lead guys or a couple of them the guys at Akira fame. We're there, just working. Right. And Akira, I mean, at least for for the United States, is is very famous. Is one of the most famous. That's the, that's probably the big breakout in terms of anime in the states. Like, there's right. plenty of stuff that exists before that, right? Uh, but nothing was considered like, you know, art film Superstar, up until yeah. Akira. Right. And Akira got a lot of play over here in um, you know uh, art theaters as opposed to mainstream theaters. Yes, and it was also uh, better suited for mature audiences, which is something that people were not necessarily used to when it comes to animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? not in the states. Yeah, now exactly. they're really used to it. Well, now they are. <laughs> now they're yeah. quite quite used to it. <laughs> right. Okay, but it's still it's still a struggle. I mean, there was a couple. What was the other animation that came out? Uh, there was an American Michelle? animation. No, uh, heavy metal. Oh yeah, heavy metal. Yeah. Late seventies. Late seventies. Yeah, that was Stedman, right? Somewhere. Uh, that's um. It's actually Ralph what's Stedman? his name? No, uh, Ralph Bakshi. Bakshi, yeah, yeah. Bakshi. Oh, he Bakshi did uh, the Lord of the Rings version, nineteen seventy-seven. He mm-hmm. did uh, uh, Fire and Ice. Right. All these sort of like rotoscoped-looking things. And they were weird looking. Yeah, and he yeah. did. And he originally, I think he did what Fritz the Cat. I might be wrong about that. Yeah, like I he think that was Fritz his the Cat. He right. did, but I think he did something else like not Charlotte's Web, but one of those kind of things as well. Oh, he did the Hobbit. The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. I think he. Yes. Uh, he think he produced. Or maybe I may be wrong, but like that's the Hobbit is also a well-known anime, and maybe it wasn't actually who produced that. But the Hobbit, the Hobbit is a uh, and the the Return of the King, uh, long ago. This is like the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. Were shown on American TV uh, and yeah. they anime, and they were really influential in how a certain group, like a certain age group, thought about those stories. I remember and, them, yeah. But uh, but you're right. Like Bakshi's like Bakshi was sort of the father of uh, so-called grown-up animation. Mm-hmm. And um, but his it was kind of a losing battle because Disney dominated the market for has dominated the market for so long and it's so much been around you know for kids um, that to challenge it was very difficult and the way that Bakshi challenged it was by making stuff that was borderline pornographic and right. so like it got a, instead of thinking of adult animation as like you know movies for grownups it got it got, it got raunchy with, you got raunchy <laughs> right and yeah. so people. So the the framework for talking about that for the longest time was like adult animation was kind of kind of ske- sketchy, right? Right. And also uh, the it wasn't wall, up, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like the um, up until Akira comes out, like nobody wanted to talk about adult animation, and this was the first breakthrough to say, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, it Aren't doesn't you? have to be gross. You know, it just like has to be. Challenging subjects, yeah, exactly. <laughs> emotionally exactly. speaking, right? Yeah. And of course, it, like Akira still spoke to like fourteen-year-olds and 
you know it's yeah. exciting and got lots it's got fights and you know weird you know, weird shit happening but it's like the um it would it was acceptable as something that an adult would watch right. uh and that was why that was a huge breakthrough i mean i thought i've i've always kind of liked I've always liked uh, Akira, but for many, many, many reasons. Obviously, the story is very complex and strange, but yep. it's not – I mean, there's always – somehow there's always seems to be some giant flesh thing that happens in – Attack on Titan, it's literally based off of giant humanoid flesh-looking things. Right. Yes, yeah. the whole deal, yeah. And, and Attack on Titan is, I would say, way more terrifying than stuff in Akira. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's like, one I mean, of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> – very, very disturbing. It's extremely disturbing. And, First and I think episode, it's great. I watched it after everyone went to bed, and I kind of just had to sit there and shove right. my face in a pillow. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah, it's like because like the 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 key with uh, this, I think, is going to this is probably going to dominate a lot of my input for the conversation. But it's like I don't know very much about the history of Japan. I'm not going to pretend like I do, um, or the like the cultural history of Japan. But like, I don't think there's any other country that it's quite so bold about talking about their hangups uh in and uh, like in film you know like they're just like hey you know what uh a psychological problem we deal with this <laughs> you know and they make a giant horrifying metaphor out of it you know that starts with godzilla but it's like you know they don't like, talk about it in real life well that's it's interesting right it's like i i think that akira like even knowing the very little bit that i know about um, you know the 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 state of Japanese politics and social history at that time. Like you can tell that that thing is way deeper than I can possibly understand. Uh, not be, not growing up there, right? You know, and uh, and I think when I was watching, um, uh, I mean, it's very true with Attack on Titan. It's true with virtually every anime that I've seen. And when I was watching um, Promised Neverland, I was like, they are still doing it. Like this is like they are still like still talking about this stuff, and it's in a way that like Americans really don't, you know. And I think it's very powerful. Yeah, for sure. Am I still there? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You're still here. Can you hear us, Dan? Uh oh. Uh oh. No, Hello? Dan. Yeah, you're. Yep. Yeah. Can you hear us? Oh. Stay connected. Eric, you can still hear us, right? I can hear you, yes. Nope, you're back. Hello? Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. There you go. Did You guys all froze for me. What happened on your end? Nothing. 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 You just, uh, just that. heard you saying, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, just totally locked up for a second. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We're back. We're back. But we've changed our format a little bit now. Obviously, we've we've done a couple of improvements. I've been mentioning it on the on the, uh, uh, on the the intros. Uh, Eric is actually recording now from Florida, but he got himself a fancy uh, uh, Chinese knockoff microphone. Nice, uh, which is which has been working out really well. Yeah, uh, Dan has been got himself a new headset uh, and uh, hardwired his computer, so our latency issues and our audio problems from Dan are all but subside, except for that one little thing. Uh, so that's good. We should mention the fact that we are already getting a couple of people that said they're excited about trying to what? test uh, Twitch with us. Yes. No, I'm, I'm totally pumped about this. We will um, – uh, this is all going to be in the past for everybody else, but this is the beginning of us trying to do this as a different media. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Twitch. Uh, so. Which I mean, obviously, you know, we'll we'll still record it and try to put it as a podcast out there. Uh, but uh, it'd be fun to try to do a Twitch. And obviously, we have we – have, 
several hardcore fans that you know are very loyal and reply to all our tweets and stuff like that. So yeah, those are very exciting. Very, those guys are great, and they're going to help us out with our our beta testing of this. Shall <laughs> we <I'm> say? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll do that and see how they how they respond. So we'll we'll collect those names and and put them out there and say, hey, you want to help us out on that? But I'm excited about uh, about Twitch. So. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, we will already have our plans for at least our first episode on Twitch, yep. uh, which will be cool. Uh, okay, sorry. Back to uh, Akira and Promised Neverland. Uh, so Akira, uh, like I said, that was in the, the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. There is definitely some uh, – the, the things that struck me about it, obviously, was you know the subject matter feels very – like you, just exactly as you described it, where they're they're putting all their fears and hangups right up there in the front, like attacking you literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the other thing that was amazing about it was how beautiful the animation was. Because yep. the yeah. uh, what's interesting about uh, most animation, Japanese animation, especially the stuff that we saw in the sixties, seventies, or eighties, right? The the kid stuff that was on TV on Saturday night, Saturday morning uh, cartoons. Uh, was that Japanese animation tend to be a lot of very lo-fi animation where the yeah, characters like are moving frame. one you, frame or like someone just goes, yeah. ah, and it's just like, it just holds on that frame. It's like, it feels like lazy animation as opposed to some of the stuff that Disney was doing with Bambi. Everything was like all perfectly animated 24 yeah. frames a second, right? right? And not to say that the Japanese animation is not perfectly animated, but Akira definitely seemed like it was, there was more intent of animation involved. But what was also interesting about that animation style specifically is that I was looking at it very carefully is that they use a lot of parallax to give oh, yeah. depth. Tons, tons, yeah. tons, tons yeah. of parallax. Well, I think all those things are sort of related, right? It's like, right. because the, you know, early, early animation was, you know, and in the stuff that we saw as kids, you know, it was all trash. American animation is trash also. Like, we oh, watched, this is the Hanna Barbera's yeah, the downfall of animation. It was horrible. Garbage, garbage, garbage. And, yeah. uh, and these things are, uh, and like, it's done cheap because they're like, kids don't care, you know? And, right. uh, and so we get the bottom of the barrel stuff. And, uh, and, you know, and that was true for Japanese animation as well. But what's really interesting is because uh, anime was, uh, you know, more culturally important than animation was to kids in the United States. Uh, you still had people that were trying to make art out of the fact, you know, they're still trying to make art, even though they were extremely limited production wise, you know. And so you can't do like we can only do one frame every so many frames. That's fine. We're going to work with that and try to find ways to make that still look great. And, right. and so you'll have like you starting pretty early on, like you'll see, uh, you know, shots in anime that are like long parallaxing sideways, you know, uh, trucking shots, right. uh, where you can't see the character's mouth and they're talking and it goes on for like a minute and a half, you know, <laughs> and now it's definitely saving a lot of money on, on matching animation the, <laughs> on, on, on the phonemes for the talking. Right. Right. Um, but like it, the- the idea of like internal monologues. Oh yeah, totally. Like Psyche K, basically the entire thing is an internal monologue. Exactly, right. exactly. Right. And you see it also in you know, Finding Neverland has a, has a few moments when you just have like, you know, people thinking to them, uh, clarifying for the audience, like the uh, like uh, thinking to themselves as na- as narration, and right. uh, like these these kinds of tools um, uh, are are they get away with saving money, but they 
still come across as beautiful filmmaking. Or their back turns. Like they yeah, have their exactly. back turns tra- towards, towards the frame, right? Totally. So th- you just see the back of the head and they're like a big dramatic reveal, but you right. don't see anything except right. your audio. So you go into a, like a long narrated flashback, which is right. just imagery that doesn't have to match up with any kind of dialogue. Right. You know, and like the thing is that that's just great movie making. <laughs> like that's like that's it, the it solution. Is. And, and you're right. <laughs> and and it, that's the thing that I think is beautiful about it is basically through the restrictions that mm-hmm. they had, they found a style that became right. even more beautiful. Right? right. And there's a lot of poses like anime has a lot of and even in, man, uh, in manga, it has a lot of poses like they're holding a posture and they're like, you know, and, and they've got that that really cool kind of look to them. That 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 holds or does whatever, right? right. Um, so there's a really interesting uh, ideas about that. The other thing that's interesting is that there's a lot of style, like very exaggerated styles that are symbolic of certain things, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about the the, in, the roses in a which second, one? Lily. In uh, Akira, uh, uh, but in all anime, in all anime, like yeah. when a mouth is square, it means something. You know, when there, when there's no mouth, it means something. You know, like there's right. ways that their mouth looks or their eyes look, or that there's there's a symbol of like that's an embarrassed look, that's a frustrated right. look, that's a blah blah blah. Look. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a tool of of the storytelling that's accepted across all the media. You know, so right. like in, in all manga, this particular these hashes around the eyes like mean a certain kind of emotion. Like you the know. idea of like a, a character that obviously took a long time to draw. They put effort into it. Usually that means it's a serious moment or sometimes even a fight scene. And then there's right. the low quality version that's yeah. obviously for comedic relief. Right. Or, or, they'll, or, they'll, or they'll make uh, characters into big head characters. You know, like they'll make them into tiny little sort of childlike characters with enormous heads. Right. This happens if you look at the manga for, uh, for Ghost in the Shell. You know, like like something mm. something embarrassing will happen, and suddenly all the characters will turn into children, even though they're all adults and they're cops and stuff. Like <laughs> suddenly, they're, like suddenly they're just they look mm-hmm. exactly like children. You know, and like I think that there's that that is. I mean, uh, obviously for anybody who's a giant uh, anime fan or a manga fan, everything we're talking about here is like, yeah, no kidding, guys. But like we're speaking <laughs> to the audience of like the Criterion audience and everybody else who listens to this podcast. Who uh, I would like to like share this stuff with them because I think people still don't like people who love films still don't expose themselves to this stuff very much. They, they, uh, they think of it as some other kind of, uh, experience apart from great film and there's great film to be seen, you know, and there's really, really, they're missing out on something pretty substantial. Exactly. So apologies to our, our fans that are giant anime fans that that have to listen to us explain this stuff. Yeah. yeah, It's very exciting for people that are, that are, are, are new to this. And I think well, I think it's cool. I mean, I think, you know, we're a household where we have Criterion Channel and we have Crunchyroll, right? So right. those are two different things. And, and I think those are, that's, that's really great. I mean, I'm really excited about, about that. And I really, you know, first of all, I'm also really excited that this is something, uh, uh, uh culturally speaking and, uh, influential, uh, that's important to Lily, right? Mm-hmm. Lily yeah. really loves this. This is something that she's gravitated to, uh, and and has become passionate about and you know when you go and you're a kid and you're like oh I really like this or I really like that and it seems to be like you know goes a on phase. a phase this doesn't seem like it's a phase it seems like it's going to stick around for a little sure. bit <laughs> absolutely and th- this yeah. is true for um, my kids as well like they're been giant MA freaks for the longest time and I mm-hmm. think that this is like I think anybody who is under twenty five or thirty right now is in mm-hmm. this zone. And I mm-hmm. think that it's a it's a 
it's a it's really and it's an amazing sort of movement to see in the culture cultural cross influence of art right. uh, and like the globalizing element of it is anime because it's not just Japan and America it's everyone you know right. like there's there's anime that comes from all different countries now uh, right. and not not simply you know like America has adopted anime style for things like Legend of Korra. And, uh, and and stuff mm-hmm. like this, and uh, uh, with the Dragon Prince, I think uh, for Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and that's become you know the way that we treat new anime. Disney has even adopted it essentially for a lot of Disney Plus shows, or at least the the the, the kind of animation. Like if you see the Tangled show, um, like it's a really nicely done show, and it uses an enormous amount of anime tricks. Like it still mm-hmm. looks like a Disney show, but they are they're starting to cross over into a totally different style. Interesting, you know? and so you and you see like there's anime that comes out of the Middle East, and there's anime that comes out of you know like South Korea and all this kind of stuff, and they all have their own styles, but there's a uniform language that everybody can share with now, both symbolically and artistically, and I think that's it's very inspiring to see it, right? Especially like are... now, while we're all stuck in quarantine. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. Going back to the idea of Attack on Titan. It's kind of the opposite and the same as quarantine. The idea of not being able to go outside <laughs> right, and the, right. and also the idea of having to basically bunch up all together. Right, right. Well, you, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing about uh, Neverland, right? Like, Yeah, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're, you're locked in this one place, right? And now, of course, like that, uh, we'll talk about what the story is for Neverland, but like there, there are a lot of anime that lean on the idea of a closed-off, walled off society like that mm-hmm. and that's because japan is an island <laughs> and that, like that is the root of that concept and right. uh and they and they make use of I me mean, like attack on titan is very very much about that in a, in a totally literal way and about and like attack on titan like dealing with like how you process people from outside your um experience you know, because like the way that the giants and Attack on Titan change as in meaning is very, very interesting. Like they're initially very horrifying, but then it changes into other stuff. Have like, you, it, like, have you uh, finished it? I haven't finished it yet, but like, okay. I, yeah, yeah, like, like I love it. I was about to say something about the ending, but no. <laughs> but you can see them like they're not just sticking to one straight interpretation of them. No, they're they're all monsters. different, right? And like that's that's what like they see these opportunities to make these things really meaningful uh and they put it in a language that anybody can pick up on and 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 run with there's also the fact that there's so many different antagonists in the whole show i don't know who the big bad guy is right right oh and and like for attack on titan you'd say like everyone gets to be the bad guy a little bit right yeah like everyone like they there's so much like a perspective change between the characters where you're like, from this angle, this person is doing good, but from this angle, this person is not so good. You know, depending mm. upon what part of the story we're referencing. Right, like when uh, Levi beat up Aaron in court. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and like this, and that's and that's what I that happens also in Neverland. We'll talk about that. But like, you know, the the villain in Neverland at the very end oh is given this like massive turnaround, like emotional turnaround. Yeah, it's really really spectacular. Yes. Uh, we'll get we'll we'll get to that for, <laughs> yeah. for a second, but okay. So so Lily, just so you know, what we tend to do sometimes, especially with some of these uh, films, is we'll actually go through the plot 
and talk about the plot. Uh, sometimes it takes us longer to get through the plot than it is to do the actual movie Correct. because we get distracted as we go. But we'll start with Akira. And who wants to run through the general plot of Akira real first? Uh, Dan, why don't you start with Akira? Uh, Akira is a, uh, is a sort of post-apocalyptic Japan in a sense. Like there has been, yeah, there has, there has been well, a is major... Yeah, like it's not post-apocalyptic like Mad Max, but it's post-apocalyptic in terms of like there has been a massive something uh, happened, something horrible happened. Well, a know? nuclear explosion, right? Because they show that essentially, yeah, essentially, yes. new, and like only it's it's fictionalized and related to the you know the Akira element, but like it, it, it's it, changed the way that people have been living. It's changed the way that people have been living, right? Mm-hmm. And in the center of their city, essentially, it's just a totally flattened landscape that is barely recovering. And, uh, and there, there is, this has happened long enough ago that the, um, the parents of the main characters are the ones who witnessed that. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are very concerned, like politically concerned. And there's lots of like political upheaval going on in the background of the movie. Right. But the main characters of the movie are their kids and the kids are like, I wish they'd stop fucking talking about that nonsense. Right. Right. Uh, because like, and they're, they're all whole, kind of hooligan. Yeah, exactly. Gang like, people. They, yeah. they, they are motorcycle they, gangs. Right. They've grown it's up in a world. So where like this, West side story though. Like, oh, it is very West side story. Yeah. But the, but they'll just start dancing in the street. The main characters have grown up in a world that has always had this giant, you know, Burnt out crater. glass bowl crater in the middle of the city. Yeah. So it's not a it's not big news to them. They're like, yeah, that's, that's the, they were born into it. This is, this is my world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what happens during the course of the movie is the history behind that event starts to affect them, you know. Mm-hmm. And you have these characters that are, you know, like they're hooligans. They're in a bike gang. They fight other gangs. They're just sort of screwing around. That, um, go ahead, Eric. But that's like essentially post-war. Germany and post-war Japan, Absolutely. like that guilt and the kids living with the parents with the guilt. Yeah, and they don't want to hear it anymore. They, uh, you know, of what their, you know, grandfathers or fathers' actions did to lead to this, right. Um, right. particularly like in German art after World War right. II, you know, right. um, and um, so basically, uh, even the Japanese that sense of guilt. Um, right. You know, I remember just quick. I remember literally because I've been to Japan a bunch of times because my wife's Japanese. And I, uh, like four years ago, we went back to Tokyo and we were talking to this guy, and he was just literally like, Yes, World War, what happened in World War II? Very unfortunate. I'm sorry. It was like, right. And it's okay, in there, that was, right? Like, that was yeah. a long time ago. I understand. Right. It's like, right. most unfortunate. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it was just like... Yeah, because you were an American, right? So, so Yeah, was- and it was just like, I, I understand, That's thank you. But it's just, it's that, that hanging over. It's like, get over right. it. Right. Um, like, well, yeah, because like, this is so, you know, to be, to be the people that went through it is one emotion. And to people, be the people that were raised by the people that went through it is a different one. Well, okay, hold on. There's also something in Japanese culture that's very strong or, you know, is, is, is the sense of 
shame if you haven't mm-hmm. done anything right you're, you're shame. Do, americans don't have a sense of shame we have no shame at all well uh, well we certainly love we love shame and we use shame to control everybody that we can but like, well we shame other people yeah, but we, we have no self-shame we have, we have no self-shame yes, no exactly. we will shame we will shame yeah. anyone else yeah, but we absolutely. we have never but, we are never to blame for anything that's gone on right. ever <laughs> right but yeah, the uh, like the emotional uh, sort of backstory of uh, of what they went through for uh, World War II is huge, and it's really like the kids of that the, the main character kids are essentially the kids that grew up with the parents that had gone through um, the bombings, yeah, the right. uh, nuclear bombings, and uh, and uh, they like in the movie like they are uninterested in any of that stuff. Like they don't want to live their parents, like horrible, guilty lifestyle. They just want to like be alive and be excited and happy. And like, right. you know, and so they, um, they, they want to be living in the moment and the rest of society is demanding that they pay attention to the past. Right. Right. And so that the, the tension of the movie is that both these arguments are kind of true. You know, like there is undealt with stuff from the past that hasn't been figured out yet. Right. But we can't just live in the past and we have to believe in new things. And so the the, te- the tension of the movie is between once the gangs accidentally interact with this, the the sort of the uh, uh, the the substance uh, that caused the explosion, one of them becomes incredibly powerful. Like, well, okay, so let's explain that a little bit. So what happens is that these there's two motorcycle gangs. One is obviously they neither of them are good, but one of them is is one that we're obviously following a little more closely. Mm-hmm. And then the the other one is clowns. I forgot what the, the clowns. clowns. The clowns are the other ones, right? <laughs> the and they're literally like dressed Just as clowns. Clown. Yeah. And they have, you know, fu- futuristic motorcycles and they're cool. Like the Akira motorcycle. Like looking. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Pretty Which cool I totally think they take from Warriors, Dan. <laughs> Warriors, come out and play. That's right. Yeah, because they also got all those bikes from Tron. Yeah, without like the the classic red Akira bike is like that's the Tron bike, <laughs> right? And it's great. It's beautiful, but yeah, it's heavily Lily's right. It's like that's heavy Tron, heavy yeah. Tron. <laughs> yeah, and so when they they basically they 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 end up in the middle while they're having their their street fight in a, on the highways or whatever they're doing uh with awesome animation awesome yeah classic um, scenes they uh, uh they encounter uh, what looks like a zombie kid zombie kid <laughs> right. right he looks and like a little old man kid mm-hmm. little old man kid right little old man boy little, little old man, man boy, boy. little and uh, and uh, we quickly realize he has very strong psychic powers of some kind. Um, and the one of the characters, like you said, on 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 the on the other gang, uh, who is the weakest of all of the characters mm-hmm. in terms of personality, the one that's the most dependent on everyone right. else, the one that's like envious. Everyone just of, beats up on you know, like and everyone like, beats up on him. Yeah. There's always that one like it's like the little dog that everyone he's just kind of following the big dogs and then right. just getting beat up on. Uh, suddenly, uh, he is involved in this and seems to have gained some new powers. Powers. powers, psychic powers that are initially very empowering, but right. slowly get more and more corrupting and out of control. Right. So, 
And when he gets those powers, because he's always been sort of like kicked aside and not taken seriously, it, it empowers him to feel like he needs to. He, he hates being saved. He wants to do Right. He yes. hates that everyone yes. has to save his ass because well he's always, yeah. Well said. Yeah. 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 yeah and, exactly. I think that, and, and so, like, uh, I mean, his best friend is, wants to save him from his fate, right? Right. But uh, as he gets more power, he gets more angry and more vengeful, and people want to kill him because he's dangerous. And right. so the military is trying to contain this event, uh, and, uh, and it's also reminiscent like this is the same thing that happened with Akira is what they said. Yes. Right. So Akira right. is also a character or apparently, <laughs> apparently that's yes. never revealed uh, right. in, in, in the movie. Right. Uh, um, going, uh, going back a, a hair, uh, there's also the idea of different perspectives. So mm -hmm. the kid who always has to be saved, he hates being saved. He doesn't like being saved. And his best friend who does the saving, he doesn't realize this. He he just does it because he's his friend. Right. But he doesn't realize how much this is hurting the other guy. Right. Because he, the kid feels shame. He feels yeah. shame at having to be saved. You know? And like the and, and everyone under, everyone feels something like that in their life. They understand. So like this this embarrassing moment when you're not good enough to save yourself or whatever it is. And so they they make you very sympathetic to uh, the character who's going through this sort of psychic you know, um, you know, magical effect. Um, but by the end, he's really terrifying and he's killing people. He doesn't even mean to kill, you know, it's really, really, really bananas. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, it gets, it gets so big that, uh, you know, the military can't do anything about it. Uh, they have to like try to fry the guy with a space laser and all this other crazy stuff. And the imagery is really out of control. Um, but it never really leaves the symbolic ground of what the story started as, which is like essentially talking about actual Japanese uh, life and uh, and and social By the, trauma. The head military guy looks exactly like my brother-in-law. Oh no, kidding! Really? <laughs> oh I yeah, love that, dude. I, Nancy, my wife came in and said, "Yeah, it's like, oh my god, that's Derek." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, look at Derek. He's so good in the show. So by the end of the movie, you have uh, the kid turns into a giant, uh, I don't know, football stadium-sized baby that's throwing tentacles around, and it's, uh, you know, sort of classic anime stuff. Non-thematic question I was going to ask uh, you guys, but I, did you notice, like, during this show, there's a particular moments? I really wonder if they used a computer just for guidelines to get those perspective, and also it's for the really fire, great. the yep. fire, early stages of computers, so probably just lines as guides. Right. Did, really, I, I know what you mean because it does I mean part of it did feel 3D yeah part of it was but it wasn't they, it was clearly not I, 3D I know yeah. but I wonder if they used guidelines like you know like in the early days of the computer you can just print out lines and if you did yeah. it animated you just this that, trace yeah, yeah, because the smoke had the same kind that smoke and the blobby kid were very similar as yeah. well as you know the way that smoke and the water came off them or the fires yeah, and they were done. all particularly so different than like the matte painting shots. Yep. And I was yep. like, God, they must have you. And when he was on that bed and they twisted that stuff around him, like the mechanical, it's almost like a CAT scan. Right. That too yeah, no, seemed incredible. like, did they just use yeah, early they, there's form other, of a computer? Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there's lots of, um, there's lots of anime that, that 
follow that lead, you know, and like spend a lot of time on like how well they can animate technology. Uh, but uh, I think Akira really set that standard and I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some sort of, you know, mathematical guidelines to follow in order to do that. Cause like the, the, the animation's really insane. Plus I want to make a quick throw to the fact that Akira's background paintings are unbelievably beautiful. Yep. Like it's unreal how gorgeous and detailed and, uh, artful they are all the time and that's become kind of a standard for anime in general like when they have when even when they're doing when they're turning out stuff that's literally you know coming out once or twice a week like they're still doing these backgrounds that are just phenomenal like mm-hmm. watercolory or very loose and sketchy but they're beautiful beautiful Gorgeous. things you know and uh which is not quite as much true for america american animation is a little bit like whatever <laughs> you know hannah you can, Hanna-Barbera, yeah. that scrolling backgrounds, that kind of stuff. What was the Hanna-Barbera, which was like baby Godzilla? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, what was to be that? fair, rooted in the terrible what was uh, that? Monster Island movie with Godzuki. Godzuki. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and America <laughs> terrible. Probably, like, like Godzilla and all of his buddies or whatever the show was. And I was like, oh, man, what's happening? Godzuki. Yay. Yeah. Talk about taking a... Talk about torturing a metaphor, man. Like, this is about <laughs> the disastrous murder of hundreds of thousands of people by the United States. And then they turned it into, what if it's an American cartoon show about Godzilla and his, and his son? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it, it's wild. It's wild. It, it, well, it just also proves how we just have a blind eye to all of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't want to care about it. Like yeah. we just like, well, it, and I'm sorry that I laugh at it. It's just it's literally the most ridiculous thing I can imagine that yeah. we are that we are so obtuse in this in this way. Like how Here's do you not something notice to, to check what that out means? in terms of color palette? This and I'll show it to the screen. My last trip to Tokyo, I go to I like uh, uh, Japanese prints a lot. These oh, yeah. are about 150 years old. If you can, oh see look them. at that, man! Oh man, it's gorgeous. That's 150 years old. And you know what that looks like? Looks like manga. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's it's absolutely structured the same way. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? It's yeah. just it's and I go through this and I actually remember I went to this one show and I was like, oh my god! Literally, there was one thing. It looked like Tintin. Yeah, and I know. Oh Vendor yeah, well, Tintin was definitely influenced by by Japanese uh, uh, sure. art for sure. Yeah. And I'll put the names for the website of this particular artist for the show. He, he's not like, known like Hokusai, but he's like literally, his, this guy's stuff from like 1880 is insane. I mean, to think the style of kind of work that this guy was doing um, right. at that time period was way ahead. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's um, really extraordinary. Yeah, but dude. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's wild. You're looking at, like, the, for the listeners, we're listening, we're looking at things that we'll look like they're We'll post the pictures. Of, I'll send the artist to Chris, and, and we'll yeah. post it on the site. Stunning. But I saw that, czar. and I, I'm sitting in my library. Um, this is the show. I, I was sitting in my library, like, wait a minute. The book right next to me is literally so much when you see that color palette, which is that blue and those aqua tints. Yeah. And, and even, like, and I'll stop on this, like, the, the baby Oh, it's gorgeous. Look at that. It's Do you know insane. what I mean? Like the baby yeah. in um, Akira when he grows yeah, absolutely. to be huge. It's the same thing. Yeah, the color palette is, is identical. Yeah, it's identical. Identical. Yeah, and like, it's really beautiful that way. Right. Like the, and yeah, especially Akira draws a lot from that history, like very consciously draws from it. And, uh, and, and if you look at, if you read the manga, like there's also, 
even more filmic references to Japanese film, both in the movie and in the manga. Like if you watch a lot of Ozu movies, like a lot of it's going to seem really familiar, you know, and, uh, and so there's a really rich history to just the background of what's happening in Akira. And then there's the stuff that I simply like, I, the stuff that I'm talking about right now, like I obviously only loosely understand, but like there's stuff in that movie where I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it's clearly extremely meaningful to the filmmakers Mm-hmm. You know, and like the the what's happening in the riots in the streets and all this kind of stuff. Like this is referencing stuff that I don't have a lot of info about. Uh, so if people that watch this can like uh, tweet us about this, I want to I want to understand that more clearly. It's really yeah. really beautiful though, really beautiful. Has Rory ever been on our podcast? Not yet, no. Okay, because you know Rory was um, uh, he was supposed to. Uh, direct a live action version of Akira. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be and interesting that, to talk about. That got canned, but he he has some stories about how that did not go. Well, well you know what's interesting is when <laughs> I, I don't heard, trust yeah. live action versions of anime. Anymore. But I, yeah, yeah. I understand. Not after Avatar: from. The Last Airbender. I don't trust it. That is yeah. is that the worst movie you've ever seen? I haven't seen it. I refuse to. It would be the worst movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Guarantee. Wasn't that M. Not Shyamalan? It's M. Not Shyamalan. He's a talented person, but that he's movie not is, that talented. No, he's had great moments. But he's that had movie is a all couple of great moments, moments. Yes. and then but, and then the rest of it just served his massive ego. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can say that I I was on board with that guy's work up to even through the village, which people no, right, that's a terrible a, film. No, oh, like, uh, but somehow related to Promised Neverland. <laughs> yes, also what true. Is? Right, the, the village. village. Yeah, the village yeah. is a very promised never, Neverland kind of story. Yes. Um, but yeah, like uh, uh, what they it's like if you watch uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender on Netflix, it's available right now. Like mm-hmm. this is one of the greatest shows ever made. It's, it's just uh, it's awesome. I, yeah, I saw right. it in around at around third grade, and then my brother just rewatched it. What, what do you think? I absolutely love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big emotional, amazing self realization. The idea of character. Character development in terms of um, Zuko. Oh, it's incredible! It's totally incredible, <laughs> right? It's so good, dude. It's like, like there's there's moments when you there's moments in that show, and for me in Legend of Korra, where it's just like this is so like I I've only actually seen to be honest, I've only seen about maybe thirty or forty percent of Avatar. I watched it backwards, you know. I watched Korra first, and so watching uh, uh, Avatar is like my. I'm filling in my backstory on all this stuff. It's, oh. it's really weird. Um, but there's moments in, in Korra where I was like, I can't believe I'm crying at this stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just awesome. It's simply awesome. Uh, uh, and there's also in Avatar, there's also the example of what's the opposite of development? What do you mean? Like character development and then they just go down. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just don't, collapse. They don't yeah. learn from themselves. They right. just go down. I would say that is still character development. They're just not developing very well. <laughs> They're developing badly. Yeah. Because the, uh, the idea of Zuko's sister, Azula, yeah. she yeah. was not good by the end of it. Oh, it's and it's heartbreaking. Like, that's, like stuff is really, you're just like, oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah. People, just, people doubling down on their own flaws is like the hardest thing to watch and man there's a lot of that in that in that show boy, boy. <laughs> but yeah that's that's the stuff is like all of these like uh like all all movies obviously are symbolic right um but like uh what anime does really well is like it doesn't care about realism almost at all 
like it's just about emotional symbolism. And sometimes they use like the things that are symbolic look like high technology, like they do in Akira. But the technology isn't actually the important part of the movie. Like it is in Amer- like American science fiction. Like you have lots of people, like lots of nerds, arguing about whether or not the transporter in Star Trek works correctly. You know, <laughs> like that never comes up when you're watching, uh, you anime. know, anime. Like it's uh, not even a question. I, I, I beg to differ. Oh, go, uh, for it. Dra- go for it. I haven't seen Dragon Ball Z, but I know that a lot of people go, "Can he beat Goku?" Though. <laughs> oh man! I've heard okay. that so right, many right, times, right, right, and right, right, I. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a see. This to me, Lily, is a nightmare. Like I never want to think about that stuff ever. Like it just should be awesome. Just let it be awesome. That's yeah. the reason why it should work. You know, like like I'm I, when I see people going like, I don't know, that's not very scientifically accurate. I'm like, we're talking about Star Wars. Just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way about Ad Astra, though. I know, I know, I know. Because it was like, if at least it was a good story, it would help. But then they were like. This the, is a the separate, science was like this is a, um, this is a separate hard <laughs> podcast for us because I I not only loved Ad Astra like I cried for forty five minutes after Ugh. seeing Ad Astra after I pulled over in my car to cry <laughs> <laughs> so it does something right I I don't I it may be specific only to me but it's like it hits a note that's hard to hit and you that's why like I the, loved it that's why you didn't like it Chris because of the science behind it well I don't have dad issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I, I have dad slash mom issues, and, uh, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and with complete love for the both of them, like the yeah. uh, the 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 struggle in Ast- Ad Astra is uh, to me about like the idea, and this I'm just going to give this away, like the idea of struggling so hard your whole life to prove to someone that you're worth that you're worthy of love, and having them go no is unbelievably shattering right now that's not actually what happened with me but like that's what i believed was happening Mm. in my life and uh and the emotion rang so true that even though like i the the opposite was true for me like i was under the perception that it wasn't and so it was heartbreaking to see that because i know people that have lived through when they're being raised by a narcissist, for instance, whether it's their dad or their mom, mm-hmm. like there's no way to fucking get through to these people. Like a narcissist is a broken brain and it's mm-hmm. impossible for, for them to understand that you are a separate person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Tommy Lee Jones in that movie is a, is a virtually comical narcissist. And Brad Pitt is like, I'll go into space and fight space pirates and monkeys and kill guys and go to Pluto just to say I love you, Dad. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, fuck yourself, son. And it's fucking mind. I'm sorry to swear so much. It's mind. <laughs> I've never seen a movie do that. Like, it's a, that's an incredibly ho- horrifying thing to say. And then for the movie to be about Brad Pitt letting go of that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So. On top of that, like, I think that the idea of, like, all the bad science in the movie makes sense to me because it's all of the, all the science, all the stuff you see in the movie, like space pirates on the moon and all this kind of jazz. Like, these are little kid, 10 year old boy adventures framed as if they were the trauma of a middle aged man. And it's a weird thing to do. And so, like, I, that the science doesn't make any sense, doesn't bother me. It looked like a middle aged man trying to conquer his emotions that are wrapped up in him being a child and his idea of his childhood adventures of space with his dad 
are so cartoons. It's like a comic from the twenties. Well, it's, 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 what it was, what it, what it looked like to me is like it, you're trying to be two thousand one. You're you're not doing a good job of that, and you're sure. failing on a bunch of other things. And they could have executed it a lot better. They had great actors. They had Tommy Lee Jones and Brad Pitt. How the, I mean, these I, are like, I'm not trying to talk about effects, but were the effects? It looked very pretty. The effects were good. Yeah, it's, it's good looking. Movie. The effects were good. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I would say that that movie gets yet better on rewatch and more purposeful on rewatch. So I would say give it another shot. It's uh, a I've got other things another to three. Do. If you watch uh, it four more times, Chris, you'll get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to convince people to see Interstellar twice. So it's, I just have to lean into it. <laughs> That's what yeah, we do. Uh, the idea of the parenthood thing. Um, there. Go ahead. There's an anime uh, called Hunter Hunter. And literally the entire story is revolved on this 12-year-old kid named Gone mm-hmm. after his father left him as a no, baby man. with his aunt. His name is literally Gone. gone. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yes. And that's literally the way to it's do that. 148 episodes of him trying to find his father and his yes. father literally trying to run away from him. Yes. And yes. he is so oblivious and naive during the whole thing. First episode he proved he was worthy or something, and he was going to go off and get a license for something. I don't know. Um, don't touch. Eh. Go ahead. I don't know what's going on. What, what um, Sorry. <clears throat> um, but literally the entire time, he was... His aunt, who his father had left him with, was saying, you know your father literally ditched you and loved you with me so he could pursue his career. And the kid literally says, I know, it must be a pretty great career, huh? I want to be the same. Yeah, oh man, oh man. <laughs> brutal, brutal. Yeah, like this is, the, this is the thing, is that anime is not afraid to just go for it like that. Like they just, they're just like, you're here for the emotions. Let's grapple with the emotions, as weird as it makes you feel. Doesn't it like, feel deliver like them opera? In that way. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it, it, yeah. it, doesn't yeah, it feel like opera? Fast, yeah, it's, it's a like fast opera. delivery system the same for those cut to yeah. the chase emotions. Get to the right. business, man. Like we, that's what you're here for. We have a limited amount of time, and we want to talk about hard things, you know. And like this is like, and to to give you a framework for, I don't talk about my personal life very much on the show, but Please like do. my 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 <laughs> mom, uh, my mom was the smartest person I ever knew, and she is a she was a wonderful, incredibly funny, extremely talented, brilliant person, um, and uh, but she had she was a very reserved person in terms of like how she dealt with people emotionally and uh i am a big noisy gregarious emotional person and for her to raise a kid like that it was like she didn't know what to do (laughs) it's like oh my god like this kid cries all the time watching movies what am i supposed to talk about um but uh so from my point of view growing up like uh the great fear in my life was that she uh you know like unspoken you know, I could never impress her to the level that I wanted to impress her, you know? Uh, and it took me until I was literally in my forties to realize that, you know, she felt exactly the same way that I did towards her. Uh, but she was terrible at at expressing it. And so when I see a movie like Ad Astra, where like your greatest fears are realized, your parent doesn't love you. You know, or in, you know, in Neverland, like Neverland is essentially all kids have this fear. It's like at some point when you're eight years old, the thought occurs to you, what if my parents are robots and are lying to me? Like, and this happens to like 60% of kids, you know, Uh, and it's terrifying. Like when you realize, and and what it really is, is like, it's a moment when you realize 
it, it's a it's a positive moment of development when you realize that your parent is not you, like a, that they are a separate person with that's their own when life. You, well, that's that's the beginning of adolescence, right? Exactly. When you're trying to define yourself and find right. your thing right. and what makes you special, right? And right. and uh, and that sense of separation is really it's very good in terms of like becoming your own person, but it's mm-hmm. also very terrifying. And so that came up a lot for me watching Neverland, where I'm like, they're like doubting your mother is like horrifying to me. And so I'm watching I, this going like, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> you know, it's totally there was a amazing. tension to that ch- tension to Neverland. That was like a little bit of great escape and a little bit of coma. That movie. Oh yeah. Michael totally. Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. Know what I mean? A little bit of I one flew over to cuckoo's nest. Yeah. yeah I felt uncomfortable. There was yeah. that uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. You're just waiting for just distrust of everything. And yeah, absolutely. Um, great. Yeah. Yeah, can, really, can we ask uh, Lily what she thought about Akira? To keep, keep it on the Akira side. For, it gave me too many flashbacks of a different anime. Oh no! Which what was anime? The anime? the anime that I watched with uh, to you last night, Banana Fish. Banana Fish. Banana Fish. Whoa! What? The name is misleading. It's very sad. <laughs> okay, Banana Fish is. I don't know if anyone knows this one. That's a reference to Pro- I, a book. There's there's a reference to uh, uh, what's his name? Who wrote Catcher in the Rye? J.D. Salinger. Salinger? Salinger? So, Salinger's story yeah. from Nine Stories called A uh, a Fine Day for Banana Fish. Wow. Really? That's wacko. Yeah. I wonder what – can you tell me what that sh- – what the what's about? Oh, God. It's so complicated. Um, gangs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Banana Fish in that case is the name of a, of a manipulative drug. Basically, if you, yeah. if you inject someone with it that, and you tell them – for example, I don't know, something horrible like all immigrants are pests, they will go around and start killing immigrants. Right. It's pretty right. horrible. Oh, that's that horrifying. Sounds like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. I won't say how that's related to the story, but I think it's related to that story. Um, the, first of all, the idea of gangs, because there was an idea of two gangs fighting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the big military guy, he looked a lot like another character that I absolutely hated, so I was very <laughs> skeptical of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. All right. Did you, I love that dude's... Oh, go ahead. Were you freaked out by the baby um, morph kind of... Is it sad the, that I wasn't? Because <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, right? You said, I mean, there's plenty of that stuff. Now. Like, I've seen worse. Before, yeah, exactly. Before Akira, was there was none of that. A, yeah, it was just definitely it was a psycho, psychedelic kind of quality, dream quality to it that was really, uh, I thought, interesting uh, because it was so fluid and right. so strange. Right. And, but uh, that's the thing, right? Like, the, like when we first saw it in the 90s, right, or the early eight, or late 80s or whatever it was, it was like, to us, it was like, what the oh, never is this? Like this I've yeah. never seen anything like this. And now it's become, you know... Because of the importance of that film, a lot of other anime tried to imitate that that genre and that style and that idea. So they all, everyone borrowed from Akira for a long time. Well, and I think that even directors like like, sure, um, like what's that? I know that like people who use bunnies. What was the one in the early two thousands with the bunny in it? Um, Oh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's just like they use uh, those bunnies in the same way. Eli Roth, all those guys use those as kind of this. Motif, uh, a way right. to, you know, <clears throat> which got redundant after a while. But oh, anyway, you're, you're talking about uh, uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, Donnie which Darko. is I think a great. That's a that's a very good movie. I like that's that. a yeah. I, I just I just rewatched a trailer to that because I was like, I, I was trying to. Remember, I was like, why exactly? I know the stories about him and psychological breakdown and all that stuff. But you're right. Yeah. Donnie Darko is. 
pulled from Akira, at least on that bunny stuff. I just yeah, felt the, uh, and some of the, that that sequence. It really just reminded me of when you rewatch right. it again. You're like, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, that, that's we should rewatch like, Donnie Darko. That's a good one. I, I just did like a year ago, and it's great. It's still great. It was one. So I was I was kind of worried. This about is it. 90s, right? Yeah, and it, it's no. definitely a very like it's a very it's, Yeah, it's like right on the border. I think it's like maybe okay. 2001. Uh, it's a real no, weird th- crossover movie. Yeah. Like, tonally, it's very locked in a very particular time, and that's to its advantage. It's a very spooky, spooky... It's a spookier movie now than it was then. Right. Very strange film. Um, but, yeah, no, like, things like Akira, like the baby and Akira, like, the symbolic motivation of that, to me, is relatively clear. But, right. like, I think that most people that uh, copied that thing didn't know that it was a symbol. They just knew that it was gross. And they liked the gross part, you know? Yeah. And right. so, you like, you see the imagery repeated enough that it it starts to lack it's it stops carrying the metaphor it stops carrying the meaning and it's just noisy grossness you know mm-hmm. and uh like there's a there's a great uh video that you can see where um um uh what's what's his name uh the the most famous anime uh filmmaker in the world Miyazaki did, uh, Miyazaki like Miyazaki is approached by these young animators um, to show this, you know, very Akira-ish tortured physical event for this guy, like you know, like veins bursting in his arm turns into a worm and all this kind of stuff. And Miyazaki's reaction is very, very sad. Like the animators are talking about how cool it is, and he's like, "This isn't cool. Like this is not cool. This is painful, and you're representing pain, and then mm-hmm. you don't know why you're representing it. You know, this is this is an insult." You know, like you don't understand what you're even saying. And mm. you're like listening to this the gentle old dude who's like obviously these kids' hero, you know, saying this, you could see that they're shattered by this. Uh, right. But it's the truth. And like it's the like you can't just copy the imagery of what it is and without the understanding of what it means. Uh, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you lose them, you lose the meaning of it. And so, uh, like, I think that would like what Lily's saying is like, yeah, like, you know, I've seen like you've seen the Akira baby in various forms ever since then. Right. And with like nine out of 10 times, it's just there to be nasty. Right. And uh, so it's hard, it's hard to have any it's, of that impact it, left. You know what it's like? It's like Jurassic world versus Jurassic park, <laughs> yes. Jurassic park. The, the, the dinosaurs had meeting and Jurassic world is like, cool dinosaurs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not trying to talk for you. I'm just sort of like speculating. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Lily? Oh, you're talking to me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it, so. But the thing is, right? It's a, to the, but it is important, right? So in a sense, like it was not necessarily something that Lily uh, uh, was new to Lily, because obviously people had borrowed from Akira in the past, or in, in since Akira. Uh, so she had seen things like that, which, in a sense, could be. Uh, uh, good because then she's not overwhelmed by the shock value of what it is. She right. has more time to absorb the symbolism of what that is. Right. I, I don't know if she if if that was accomplished with her, but at least it wasn't a distraction, right? Uh, so I think. Well, what, that's you, a, what did you think? Like, what was your overall? Feeling yeah. What was your it? reaction towards when of he the grows baby thing? the baby thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whole deal. Rod race, honestly. What's that? A, a, a form of titan that looks like a giant blob. Okay, right. so that you so you also that was my first thought, which isn't symbolic at all. Right. Sorry, no, but, okay. but, it, but it is an attack on Titan, right? Yeah, yeah like it it's is emotional an attack on Titan. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, so it's doing the same kind of thing. So you said, I've seen this before, is your reaction. Yeah, yeah. it's um, kind of the idea of having to fight one of your own. Mm. Just no matter who, no matter what it looks like, it's still the idea of having to fight one of your own. It right. was, right. I mean, it is the ultimate thing of like, you know, Kaneda and, and Tetsuo kind of like <sighs> confronting their friendship. And right. because you do. S- Kaneda really, really loves Tetsuo. Yeah. Right? And in a way that is, it goes almost beyond like, I'm just going to make sure he doesn't get hurt. It was like, no, I got to save him. Like, right. like, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so I, the two of them are just like, it's quite, it's quite beautiful. It's quite beautiful as a story. Um, and I, I'm, I, I think it was, it was great. The other thing it was underrated or not underrated, but we didn't talk about uh, is actually the, the sound design and the music, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The music was so good. It's yeah, still has, good to this day. The drumming, the, the drumming yeah. bass line is unbelievably good. Like it's so fantastic. And uh, when I see the motorcycle going down the street, and it goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so so good. Oh, God, it's so very powerful. satisfying. Yeah. I if I if there are things such as theaters ever again. I recommend seeing this in a theater. <laughs> it is That's really so wild to see like, something like that that big. It's in the theater really would be great. Yeah. 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 I've, seen, I've seen Akira in the theater many, many times. And it's one of my, I would say it's, I don't know if it's my favorite anime, but it's definitely of my favorite anime. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm also a big uh, original Ghost in the Shell fan. Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is an incredibly beautiful movie. Um, and extremely like weird. With Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I'm not even going to. I actually like that movie. I think that's a good shitty robot. Movie. Like that's that is a perfectly good B science fiction movie. I However, think it is nowhere it, near as good. As it's like not the, as like, not, not, no, it's no, just, no. Yeah, They've no got some very pretty frames. They did yes. great artwork on it. Yes, great they did. artwork. It is a very fun, uh, very shallow but very fun movie. Whereas Ghost in the Shell, the original anime, is one of the most philosophical films I've ever seen. Well, here's what's interesting. I'm always saying this: like the, you know, the world right now is filled with extraordinarily talented concept artists. Yes, yes, right? and movies are choked with it. <laughs> they are right. So yes. they are like, we're going to give you a really beautiful frame. And uh, that's just ripped off from that, and it, it doesn't have any context back and forth, right? Right. Uh, and then th- this is not to be blamed on the concept artist because the concept artist actually probably did have thought of. Yeah, that they're just doing their job, right? No, they did. The they they, they have a continuity. They, yeah. But the, the the filmmakers are just like, I'm just going to grab that and put it in right. there. It's like, but there's a whole story. So yeah. it, the the concept artists just don't have that. That opportunity, unfortunately. So, um, can, Lily, can I ask you what are your favorite anime outside of uh, uh, outside of this? You're like okay, Attack oh, on Titan. Lord. Um, <laughs> like what are the ones that like? <laughs> I have you, no idea. I have uh, like, so many. My my brother, who is uh, older than me, is the biggest anime freak I've ever known in my entire life. Like radical. Yeah. I'm pretty radical. sure that's how my brother looks at me. Oh, that's awesome. This is totally awesome. And so I'm always looking for stuff that I should that I have no that I've never heard of and with anime that means a lot. Like this so, I haven't heard of 99% of it. Lily introduced me to, and I watched just a little bit of it. Uh it was really uh hilarious and weird, but I think it gets very interesting and and strange down the line. 
Assassination Classroom. <gasps> yes. Assassination <laughs> Classroom? It's oh about an octopus yes. that blows up the moon and then comes to teach eighth, eighth graders. <laughs> you, you had me an octopus blows up the moon. Yeah, after that, I'm He's an octopus <laughs> with a, with, with a, uh, with a um, like, what it, what, this, this emoji face kind of thing. He looks like a giant smiley. Like a like smiley face? So. Oh, look at him right now. He looks great. Look this up. Yeah. Look this up. <laughs> This is amazing. It, it, he's great. It's the this like only anime could come up mm. with a story like this. Oh, this is spectacular. And the entire classroom are uh, classrooms that are learning to be assassins. Okay, so oh, basically, God. it's a regular school. Regular school. It's very prestigious, and the kids who are either failing or have like a bad attitude are all sent to the E class, which is nicknamed the N class, and they're basically discriminated against via the whole school. Right. And so this octopus dude. He blows up the moon. He like rams through it, so it's a permanent crescent. And he comes down to Earth, and the military—they don't catch him. He kind of goes to them, mm-hmm. and they come up with a compromise that—and he t- basically—he uh, tells them that he's going to blow up the the Earth, the Earth by March thirteenth, which uh-huh. is the graduation day for Jap- Japan, right? Because right. their 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 school system is different than ours, right? Um. So he's gonna blow up the world, or yeah, on March thirteenth, their graduation day. So literally, he waltzes in at the beginning of the year and says, "If you can't kill me by this date, I'm blowing everything up." Right. We can't live at the same time past that date. Right. Right. And it's so funny, and I absolutely <laughs> love it for the first season and a half, and then it gets sad, and I cried every episode after that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do? But do, do you like things to not be sad? In these, in these aisles, no, I've, because I binge like. The, oh my god. Um, I still loved it, mm-hmm. but it stopped being funny once they revealed his backstory. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I, I and I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Like, I because I love uh, being radically upset in movies. Like, I love crying <laughs> my face off. I love things that are traumatizing. I love all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but even me lately, because of all of the anxiety in the world, like. I've put off watching the most anxious stuff that I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. I still love it, but I can't do it today. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a little bit heavy to watch that stuff. Yes, and, I, and yet and, you made us watch The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, <laughs> that's right. Take that? it head on. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. The, that is the yeah. That was that was definitely how I was feeling about uh, that experience. I think that's mm-hmm. that's how it works. But yeah, it's true. Like I think that like there's a certain like what's wonderful about anime and what's like there's a couple of things I have to say about assassination. Uh, with assassination classroom, what was it? Mm-hmm. Was Okay. Now, I've never seen this, so I don't know what I'm talking about. And which is just watch the first episode. The okay. first episode. Just is watch bomb. the first episode. Just watch the first two minutes. I can't wait. Okay, so this is great. <laughs> the, the the first the first thing first thing I have to ask is how much of anime takes place in schools generally? Yeah. Way too much. Like almost <laughs> so all of much it, of it is just virtually school. all of it. In Either some school way. or just children fighting full on adults and winning. Yes. Yes. So I don't. I have no. Like I said, no background in um, any Japanese history or social culture whatsoever but that is speaking to something that is inherently to do with being japanese and being in school like and how they relate to the rest of their lives what Mm -hmm. i think is interesting is that that's really crossing over very well now like once that got to like uh like uh younger generations of americans like there's like this is ringing true for people in a way that it didn't 
for like my there's generation. A, there's a whole thing like Japanese. You guys um, in Tokyo, there's a park. It just says everything about the school kids. There's a park, and Nancy, Nancy, she's not here. But the point is, I forget the name of the park, but we've been to it. But like literally after school, kids go there, mm-hmm. and there are kind of it's kind of near Shinjuku maybe but they go there and they get a locker and they change into costumes and then they go out in the park and pose right so they get out of their school uniforms they go put makeup on they dress up as these characters in white dresses with lipstick with lipstick and white makeup and they'll just stand there in the park and you can walk through the park and watch everybody so they become a different person because their study regimen is so strict so intense, um, yeah. once once they get out of school, um, you know, they, like cosplay they, kind of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's but, well, well, cosplay so is, me, a, is, a, is a certain character character. Right. This is they just dress up as characters, but it's a whole park. And after school, right. they'll literally just, you know, hang their tie up or from school or that. And they put makeup on in like a bus station area and then they go out in the park and pose. Right. And it's right. just like their way of just getting out of that. Yeah. That right. regimented like, life. Like, and so yeah, after they get they, out of like, school, too, they become, um, you know, I spent work studying so hard from seven years old to 23 years old. And then it's, sometimes it flips the other way, particularly right. if the parents have money. Right. And, right. And it's, well, Japanese uh, school, I mean, from what I, from what I remember hearing from, uh, from my Japanese friends, they basically told me, like, High school, specifically in Japan, is extremely tough. Sure, like yes. really, 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 really tough. The stress and is, the social stress. The stress is, extraordinary. is extraordinarily hard. Yeah. And then when you get, you know, applying to a college, etc., that's the real, real stress that you do at university, go to university or whatever, right? right. Uh, so once and if you don't get once in, they get in to the university, that is the symbolism of like, okay, what status you are in terms of your, how good a school you are. Right. But once you're in, it's like, meh, you just, you just coast after that. Yeah. Uh, or on a high school host club, it's all about rich people. <laughs> yeah. And right. the main character is this girl who happens to be flat and has short hair. Right. Um, that I guess looked like a boy when everyone first saw her. So everyone assumed she was a boy and she was a commoner. She she didn't she was just a regular person while everyone was filthy rich. Right. So she couldn't afford a uniform, so people assumed she was a boy, and then it just very sitcommy from there. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you absolutely. Well, yeah, because that because this like this stuff is in uh, Japanese film as well, uh, reaching back as far as I can remember. But the thing I was going to compare Assassination Classroom to is it sounds like it's a answer to. Battle Royale. Has anyone mm-hmm. seen Battle Royale? Yeah. Anyone know about this? Yes, okay, yeah. dude. Okay, you can know, explain okay. it, but go ahead. Okay. Battle Royale is a, is a classic Japanese live action film that is a very hard watch. It's a really intense movie. And it's well, about, it's what Hunger Games was based on it. It's based, yeah. yeah, Hunger Games is based on this thing. And it is, uh, um, it's about uh, Japanese students that essentially have to kill each other on an island uh, in these horrifying ways and betray friendships and all this stuff. Um, and they are absolutely at the mercy of the school system. Like this is the system that you can't break free of. And the system is forcing you to destroy all of your relationships 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I hear the description of assassination classroom where the students are po- trained to be assassins. Like yeah. that's really, it's like the reverse of battle royale. It's, yes. it's empowering them entirely against Completely. that system. Against you know, the teacher itself. Against himself. the teachers. And like the, and it's saying like, what if we were to reverse this uh, and, and stop, and, instead of being sad about it, uh, be, become empowered by it. But here's the irony, right? You, we were talking about, you know, uh, Godziku or Godziki sure. um, and how we just didn't figure out. We now make Battle Royale like fun and playful. Right. <laughs> Right, it's weird. Which because is weird, right? Fortnite is, is Battle Royale. Royale. <laughs> right. That's right. It is a style of video game where basically 100 people go onto an island and whoever survives wins the game. <laughs> right, exactly. And the thing is, I think that there's something attractive to Americans about that concept, but it isn't what the what it meant when no, it was originally we Japanese. missed the whole point. Yeah. They well, try to like, do it a little bit in... in, in, in uh, Hunger Game, but it's not quite. Mm. Well, I, I ended up liking Hunger Games quite a bit by the end. Like I thought that the like like that actually those movies got better and better for me as they went along because they <laughs> became much more about how people are manipulated by stories, and I thought right. that was really interesting. But like the initial creation of Hunger Games as a sort of a defanged version of Battle Royale, I was like, this is very weird because like what makes Battle Royale Battle Royale is like the 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 kids that are killing each other in that are are murdering each other like it's horrifying right, right. i and have an anime that's exactly like that oh yeah danganronpa danganronpa exactly exactly the same exactly the same except right? the nut is pink <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it any less disturbing though <laughs> a little less for me it just looks like someone just threw paint at someone <laughs> like danganronpa i uh like i only have tangential experience from this from uh from uh, my daughter who loves danganronpa but like uh it is like watching that stuff i was like this is bananas. Like, this is crazy, mm-hmm. you know, in a really exciting way for me. And like, I love when things are that weird and challenging. It's basically the opposite of assassination classroom. Right. The, right. This little tiny little bear is pitting everyone against each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone trying to kill a giant octopus. Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, like so many of these themes that we're talking about are similar, or like the repurposing of the, of the storylines and mm-hmm. like, oh, this is very similar. And now it's like, really how you respond to the look of it, you know, even though the story could be very similar or covering similar themes, because the look of Akira, like that kind of almost like the look of the prince I showed you, mm-hmm. um, right. is, is, is very sharp and linear, but beautiful and, and, and the contrast of the color values. But then with the uh, Neverland, everything's so soft, you know, oh, it's, it's very uh, gentle. Yeah. yeah, like that looks more like, uh, like, and I mean this complimentary. Like it, it looks like it's rooted more in um, Japanese television, like uh, which is very uh, of the like eighties and nineties. Anyway, it's very soft focused, soft lighting stuff, you know. And I wonder if that's like the animators that they made this were influenced I by. I think like, it was originally what? called the Gaussian Blur stories. The Gaussian <laughs> Blur story, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Well, but I think you're right, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. I also, it's how you react. It, to it has too. to. It has to. It has to. Well, we should. We'll talk a little bit about. Well, we're going to get into uh, uh, Promise Neverland in a second, but it has to give you a sense of comfort for this and softness to this whole area because right, yeah. the whole point is that you're being deceived, right? Like because <laughs> right? if you if you look at Akira, like you know from the get go, and Akira, like it's nasty. yeah, it's going to get wild. Be wild. <laughs> Um, but like I was like, and this is, uh, just my 
initial reaction when I looked at the thumbnail for Promised Neverland, I was like, it doesn't look like it's my thing. And then I watched it first 10 minutes, I was like, this is my thing. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. totally my thing. Like, I, and, the, and, the, and the, that deception is part of what I, like, I liked it more because it deceived me. Like, right. I thought that that was really, that was really, uh, that really, because, like, if I had known going in what it was, uh, I still would have loved it. But I love that I was like, okay, it's just going to be one of these sort of sweet you know, no. like, oh my God, it goes so far the other way. It's insane. Yeah. And, so and then I you was, watch it and you look at the, and you look at the cover and you go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah. really crazy. I, so, so definitely for, 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 for the audience, when you look, you don't, don't look at it as like, eh, I don't want to watch this. Like, no, it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be very different. So Lily, uh, since this was your pick, why don't you, uh, give us an idea of the synopsis. First of all, just before people realize it is a 12 episode, for the first season, twelve episode, which is kind of a complete story, although it clearly it's will have arc. a sequel. It's a complete arc. Complete yeah. arc. Uh, twelve uh, twelve episodes, thirty minutes, so it's about five or twenty two minutes, so it's about five to six hours for the whole right. thing. We finished it in two days. We finished yeah, it in right two on. days. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I actually finished it literally one minute before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you almost scrunched it. When I, I first watched it, it, I started at like eleven and finished before dinner <laughs> right yeah right yeah no it's it, it gets you it definitely hooks you these and also it shows up in these 20 minute bite-sized chunks mm. so you're just like oh that was really good i'm just gonna watch one more of these things and then you yeah. end just up one like, more and then yeah, you look exactly. at the clock and it's 3 a.m <laughs> yeah. it's 3 a.m which is literally yep. what happened yeah yeah uh so give us a little synopsis about how how it starts what it's about and how what you know how you how you get through the story um first episode is probably one of the most intense and the one of the most disturbing to the eye yeah um (laughs) it starts out with like kids at an orphanage there's about 20 or 30 and the head woman i guess who's dressed i thought she was a maid at first but she's not a maid she's like the what do you call the mother? Guardian, guardian, like head, I guess. Headmistress of the headmistress. I yeah. wanted to say headmistress. Um, the headmistress kind of woman, and they all refer to her as mom, but they're all aware that she's not their real mom. She's their foster. Nope, not foster mom, but like their stand-in yeah, exactly. mom until right, they sure. get adopted by a foster family. Right. Right. And this, they've never really doubted this. The most doubt that they've ever gotten is the fact that there's gates. Right. But even then, they know not to go there, except for these three little rebellious kids who are obviously the protagonists. Right, and this is a very sort of like, it's a plain-looking school, but a very beautiful... Like, oh, yeah, the, the like, artwork is amazing. Yeah, and the landscape is gorgeous, and they're playing all the time with other kids. And, like, there's a lot of formal wear, like, they're all dressed in the, dressed the same way, and, the, mm-hmm. and everything sort of has a very stern sense of design in terms of, like, an old... Uh, you know, like a uh, Catholic school kind of look to it. But it kind the way of remind, that's... like just the general look of it reminded me of Miss Pengrain's house for peculiar. Exactly. Right, and that's a great call. And so, like, it has this sort of like stern but loving and a bucolic, very lovely atmosphere with green hills and trees and orange sunlight and all this lovely stuff. Which would probably be your first. Which would probably be the first sign that something's not quite right. It's not going to stay like this. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and there's the idea of them going about their lives, like everyone waking up, putting on their shoes, playing tag. And all of these, most of the kids, except for like five, are like five, five, 
most of the kids except for five of the older ones are on the younger side. Um, Young, like between four, four or five years old. Four, four uh, like four to four to something. I don't know. Um, okay. And there's the idea, and the most, the biggest <clears throat> tip off we've ever gotten, besides the fact that everything is perfect, is the name Connie on a calendar, which is the name of one of the kids. Mm-hmm. She has this little bear and all, all that. And at the end it's of the day, it's a bunny, isn't it? It's a yeah, it's a bunny. It's a doll. (laughs) Some kind of stuffy. Um, And And then there was the the, the weird tests that they're taking. Oh. Oh. It's a very strange. School test. School test. And they're using a computer. It takes place in 2045. Right, right, but it doesn't, but it doesn't no seem that way. That. There's no science fiction anything except for that outside of the tests. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they all know how to use it perfectly, and they don't really question it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then, obviously, the three main protagonists are the ones who get like perfect scores on all the tests. Yes, right. Um, so basically, the uh, it's later revealed that the name Connie was because she was getting adopted or f- f- taken in by a foster family. And she was saying, and they were kind of thinking, all of our siblings, quote-unquote siblings, they've never written to us. We've never heard from them again after they leave, which is another big tip that something's not quite right. (laughs) I guess they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) And they kind of assumed, oh, it's, it's, you know, they may just be busy. And then Connie, who everyone knew she was getting fostered, adopted, whatever, she said, I promise to write to you guys all the time. I'm not going to forget about you. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, big tip off. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> All of these are big Best tip offs. Best of luck, <laughs> um, So she was, for, for the first time, she wasn't in her little, her usual little, little white, white skirt and white button down. She was in like formal clothes. And as mom was holding a lantern and leading her out towards the gate, they, uh, the two of the main three of the main protagonists realized, wait a second, she left her little bun-bun. Which, if it's a four-year-old kid, you're going to give her her bun-bun. Without a doubt, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you need to give it to her. I think she was six. Yeah. Oh, she was six. Yes. Right, because six is when they get... Uh, six, six years old. It's <laughs> <laughs> when they get... Uh, uh, wait a minute. The opportunity to go live with a new family. <laughs> <laughs> you know the harvesters. <laughs> they're such sweet people. You know? The Connecticut harvesters, they're so yeah. nice. Oh, so this is where it club. starts to get situation, they're defying the rules, that kind of thing. So they chase after her. So two of them, one of them says, the lights are still on, you could probably go catch her. And then two of them grab the one and they just like full on book it down to the gate to try to catch up with her. And when they get there, it's open, but no one's there. There's only just like a truck. Right. So they're wandering around, they're looking around. And they're like, oh, maybe if you leave it in the truck, she'll find it, because they assume that's what's going to be taking her there. And they open it, and guess what we see? (laughs) (laughs) Connie is dead, and she looks very gray and just not good. Mm -hmm. And she has a flower sticking out of her chest. Yes. Like, right where her heart is. Bright red flower. Bright red flower, which is actually a a lot of symbolism, which Mm -hmm. is probably one of my favorite parts in all of anime. Explain that. So that flower is actually a Japanese spider lily, and it's very common uh, in anime as a symbol of when someone is going to die. It's nice. in, I've, apparently it's in Tokyo Ghoul, and apparently it's in Demon Slayer, but I haven't watched either of them. Mm-hmm. It is it is in um, Toilet Bound Hanukkah, 
but that was kind of that was a very complicated death but it had the idea of them walking through a field of them all around so basically, anyone who, who's watched anime for a good long time, when they see yeah, these flowers, they're like, okay, it's time to grab the tissue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, like yeah, that's exactly, I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about. Like, this is like, it has, it has a greater reach than just the story you're watching. Like, it also is saying, we know right. you watch a lot of anime, and we know what this means to you, because this is a symbol that's across all of anime. Right? Like, this is something that is, that is a deeper thing than what you're simply seeing. And that's, that's what I think is cool. When I first saw it, for some reason, my brain said, oh, they're adding garnish to their meal. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I felt so bad yeah. for thinking that. <laughs> exactly. It's like, a, it's like, it's like parsley. Um, parsley. It's parsley sticking out of her chest. That's what it is. So right. to oh, yeah, bury the but, lead. But they also realized there's, besides finding her there and dead, mm. They're also exposed to... The mom being fully aware of this, not, by yes. the way. Oh, not, yeah. I just realized that wasn't what you meant, but it's also a it's crucial okay. part. So they, they dive under the truck once they hear voices, and they realize that they... <laughs> there are demons, as they yes. call them. They never really went into a lot of depth of what they were, but they called them demons. Mm-hmm. They, it's fair to call them demons. They it's look fair to call them demons. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's okay. Good, good, it's you know, it works. Um... Oh, go ahead. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, we have to tell mom. Like, right. this uh, she she must not know." And right as they're having that thought, the mother comes out and says, "How was the shipment?" So yeah, oh, the mother is fully aware of all of this information, and the kids are just freaking out. We also have something that they're they're kind of like disappointed in the delivery. They're like, "Eh, she's another six year old." Average. Yeah, great. Average. Yeah. Right, and they they're looking for something a little bit more top grade, higher quality, because yeah. <laughs> they are eating them. They are because they are being consumed. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Right. And so, like, they're the, like the Kobe beef of, of <laughs> kids. Yeah, like the, the, the mom is essentially raising veal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, if you want a very is. simple plot definition of what the Promised Neverland is about, people no. are on a human farm. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Right. yes. It's uh, it's like it's like the it's beyond soylent green as people. It's like you don't even realize that you're in a bad situation at all, but you are the ham in the ham sandwich. <laughs> that's what's that's what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, it's such a for me. I was like, I like I, I made like an anime face. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was so excited. When Donnie. <laughs> yeah, I was like seriously like there's jagged lines coming off of my hair when I was watching that uh, watching that scene. But yeah, it's it's a really great uh, shattering moment in the story. I was disappointed because I watched it with my family and they all had poker faces, and I'm like, if I had a bigger reaction than that, dude, I should have recorded. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> now now it's on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was I was uh, well, I was excited. I was hoping for it. I know Lily said she thinks it would be good, so yeah. I was like, yeah, that's good. We, it's we definitely very very one. good. Yeah. What's also really cool about. Uh, about it is is the character development that happens now. It's very very Emma, strong, Emma. very yeah. strong character yeah. development that happens throughout the whole thing. Um, they and that's, do, a, that's the heart and soul of the story is watching how these characters bounce off each other and grow mm-hmm. or fail to grow. You know? And there's also like distrust and then regaining of trust and right. all of those things, right? right. Um, so, so what happens after this uh-huh. is when those kids figured out that something's gone wrong. 
they now, and we already know from the tests that they're doing that they're the smartest kids around, right? And they're the oldest. And they're the oldest. Um, that uh, they have to, uh, they're going to try to figure out how to escape. Um, That's where it becomes a great escape. <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. So good. So good. You know, right. that's where it pops into that mode, which I dug. That that yeah. part I really liked. Oh, well, because okay. like the, so, the basic idea of the of, of Great Escape movie, Great, Great Escape style movies, is there is they are heist films. You're just heisting yourself. That's right. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all of the like uh, you go into all the the like how are we going to do this? And the horror of what is happening sort of gets subsumed and buried in favor of like the tactical element. Uh, of how to make this happen mm-hmm. and that is all represented as fun right because uh, i think you're going to go into like they train themselves through playing right right yep like that's the next step in that story it's like our our daytime play becomes our actual subversive training so they don't get noticed though it's like just like oh, you know wait, hold on they uh, carry stuff was, dirt in their there... pocket and as they're right, escalating right, right. you know there was like also another very um, very important part. Oh, right at the end of the episode, uh, they managed to escape, get out from there, and run back home, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they left the bunny. They leave and the bunny. Mom yeah. found it, and now she knows. Right. So yeah, she is fully aware that someone knows, and then at some point she figures out who knows. The three right. oldest kids. Right, and like, and then that's that's the basic tension of the entire show is you don't know how much mom knows, you don't know how much you can trust other people and other kids, even younger kids that seem really sweet. Phil. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't know. Uh, every, all the characters start being weighed against each other um, in in realistic ways that makes could that make you go like, what would I do in that situation? You know, like I'm, also, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid of dying. I also don't want my friends to die. You know, how can we get out of here? And what am I willing to give up in order to do that? It gives the watcher a bit of a, a bit of an opportunity to play detective themselves. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was revealed that there was a traitor and they were trying to find out who was the traitor, who was the inside man or woman. Right. And I was just like, it's Gilda, it's Gilda, it's Gilda. And that yeah, was right. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. But like the the structure of it is is fantastic because like it 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 horrifies you at first you think it's like sweet and then it slaps you in the face as hard as it can <laughs> and then it goes okay I'm not gonna scare you like that that's okay we're gonna have like a detective kind of like let's escape show and it's gonna be super fun and you're like okay all right I'm not gonna be scared anymore and then goes, <laughs> and then <"Yes>, Norman <laughs> yeah, exactly it slaps you in the face again like it's yeah so the, the, the 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 assistant mother what's her what was her name Crony. Oh, yeah, favorite Krona. character, Krona. Yeah. Oh, I loved her. Yeah, she's, she's She crazy. was so wonderfully disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying. With Horrifying. the baby. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. all of these characters get, like, mm. uh, unexpectedly rich backstories that get very mm-hmm. emotional. You know, like, people that you take is very one note to start with. Like, I, you know, with Krona, it was like, yeah, she's a, she's a cool, scary, weird, fun character. But, but then you figure out how she got there. Yeah, when, you, came when it, it lets you know how she got to this place, and suddenly <laughs> it's really sad again. I was upset when she... When, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can say it. It's like, I was upset when she died. We're already telling you what's happening. Absolutely. She, Absolutely. Um, I, was, I was upset when she died. I really liked her. She was half comedic relief, half making everything worse. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. And they, like her, like the quick backstory they do... Uh, like really 
uh, invested me more in everybody else's yeah. struggle, you know, and like, and it made me worried that people that I cared about would become bad, you know, which is like the, one of the un- underlying themes for, especially the adult characters is like, these people aren't bad. They became bad. Like they mm-hmm. made, right. they made bad choices and it's led them to this. And they've tried to like figure out a way that they can still love other people even though they're doing terrible things to them simultaneously. It's I need really to ask, complex. what was what was your reaction to um right there a supplier Ray being different. Isabella's son? Because oh, yes. no one reacted and it made me mad. Uh, that was that was that was really, really, really heartbreaking for me. Like I was like, that is that's really beautiful and then like of course it makes sense. Yeah. And it's the it's the knowledge that they both have of this makes me watch the entire show again in my mind. Yeah. Like everything that is happening for like and w- which actually happens a lot with Ray. It's like the like uh, you go back and you have to reevaluate everything you've seen with this character once you get the new information. And uh and and uh, that one in particular where like uh I've already done this with him and then I do it with her and then they sort of do this together like this mm-hmm. self-realization moment together. Uh, it was probably the most emotional moment of the of the of the whole show for me you know <laughs> my friend who's already seen it she said okay once you get to this point i need you to record yourself and it, <laughs> it was like right when isabella's backstory was kind of starting right right and then when i heard ray humming i'm like wait that was what she was having yeah and then, yeah. like, right before they said it, I went, <gasps> and everything yeah. clicked, so and she laughed really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is, the greatness of that is, like, it's one thing, okay, I'm going to spoil Empire Strikes Back, does no one not know that Luke Skywalker is uh, Darth Vader's son? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, they do like, now. Yeah, here it is. Um, so, that was a no- that was an unbelievable knockout when people first saw, certainly when I first saw yeah. it, like, people, like, couldn't even fit it into their minds. And then, you know, plenty of movies have tried to repeat that sort of surprise effect after that right. point. And it's not like the fact is like as a gag, it's been done a thousand times before empire strikes back. Like that's mm-hmm. the oldest trick in the book. Story wise. It's like, that's not actually a surprise, but <laughs> <This time. laughs> if, you, if you do it right, it's an emotional surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, and what is keeping you from making the realization is your emotions. Like the mm-hmm. way you feel about these characters, even if you thought about it for a second, you would, like if I had thought about their relationship for a second, I would have un- I would have figured it out. But I didn't think about their relationship because I didn't want to think about their relationship because of how I felt about them independently. Right. Right. That's that's what kept me from making that realization, and that's what makes the realization a powerful one when it happens. It's telling me something that I already was resisting knowing, and that's why it breaks. That's why like the the the, the dam breaks for me. You know, and like you, because like you watch Empire Strikes Back, the whole movie is telling you all the time that that Vader is Luke's father, the whole time, all the way through, and then it it actually tells you, and you're like, no, and you're like, weren't you watching the rest of the movie? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course, yeah. that's true. Well, it tells you, know, you though, which is it's violent when there's a yeah, fight. Like it's it it's it's it, yeah, exactly because all of these things, and Empire does this really well, but like in anime and in this particular anime, like. Everything that you're seeing is uh, emotionally symbolic, like we've been talking about. And what you're there for, if you're watching a movie at all, 
is the big emotions, you know? And when movies get away from that and they just work in terms of like plotting or coming up with a clever surprise, that's when they blow it. Cause I've seen plenty of things like that where you just go, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's that happens. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess they're related. I guess that's his mom. Who cares? Like, but this one didn't work like that for me. This one was like, Oh, that was like my worst fear. <laughs> when you realize that, and then you realize she literally said, as she thought he was on fire, if I could just get his brain. Yeah, oh, that exactly. Was the worst. That was mm. <laughs> so good. Like, yeah, it makes you dig through everything you've experienced. It's just and like it's, that's awesome. Didn't you just give birth to it? What? Yeah. Well, hold on. So the thing that's interesting, is, and this is what I've sort of devised from this thing, because first of all, you're wondering, where do these kids actually come from, right? Because right. they're just sort of suddenly appearing into this orphanage, right? And they're like, you know, here's a kid. We're going to raise it. And here's a mother. So what you yeah. find out is that there's this, quote unquote, and they call it mother, right? The, 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 the caretaker uh, is actually someone from the orphanage uh, that has left the orphanage and become trained, not killed like the other ones, but being trained to become a mother. That person also seems to become pregnant. They all seem to become pregnant because we've seen two of them. Uh, So somehow they're being inseminated or something's happening. Uh, Maybe sex. I don't know. Who knows? But they're getting birth to a child and that child then goes back into the orphanage. So the thing is, she is a mother, to uh-huh. at least one of those kids. Right. kind of has to be. Or but she's, she's <laughs> not even aware of it. She's not because they may no. get shuffled around. Who knows? But basically right. she gave birth and then that kid goes into the orphanage, right? Right. So um, she, she knows that. Now what's interesting is that, you know, Ray is, you know, she figures out that Ray is her son mm-hmm. uh, because he sings a song that she used to sing when she was... Pregnant. Pregnant. He has infant. He does not have infantile amnesia. He remembers amnesia. everything since from when he was in the womb. Right. Yep. It's first conscious. He remembers literally everything. He's yeah. He remembers <laughs> yes, everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but wasn't there a man in her life too? Yeah, they're saying there's a song. Honestly, it's like, it, it seems like a woman's world. Like if you're a woman and if you're smart and if you have right. a recommendation, but be a you're man, gonna survive. Like, right? Well, they, like there's like there's all you're getting so, is little glimpses of the backstory, so it's hard to really put it together. Like I I couldn't fully understand like the literal like the literal storytelling that was happening, but emotionally it all lined up perfectly. Right. So like why these questions in my that? mind. Why did they exclude that fact? I think that because it's going to become uh, the next emotional story for the next season. Like, yeah, but wasn't, it, yeah, but wasn't you know, I mean, she, she was pregnant with him and singing a song, but didn't she learn the song from some kid when she was in school? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. not, not in school. She, when she was in the orphanage, uh, she right. met uh, a boy, and then the boy was shipped off. And then when she was about to be shipped off, but then given the choice, she, A, said, I don't want to die, so yeah. Right. And B, realized that the boy was eaten. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and the thing is, like, I have now, what happened? And this is total spoiler territory. <laughs> like, what happens to Norman in his last scene? Okay. Because um, I'm thinking. I don't think he was killed. Yeah. I, I don't like, think like, he was killed. They lead him into that other room. And right. then that's the last. I'm just like, there is no way that dude's dead. No and way. And he looks surprised. But he's <laughs> yes. seen the demons yes. before. So why yes. should he be surprised? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh. so like, I think that that connects. Uh, like, not only are we going to find that out later. But I oh, bet yeah. that that connects to um, uh, the, the, uh, the mistress's experience. Because as well. there's got to be fathers 
Yes, I yeah. believe that he is a father. I believe that that's what he is going to be trained to be. Groomed to be a father. Right. Right. Like, and, like, um, like the the book, The Giver. Have you? Oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's great, great, when great. I first learned about Isabella being a mom. That's where my brain first went because there yes. are women who are given the job birth givers, mm-hmm. and they like have three easy years, and then they're just like put out to work. Yes, that's kind right. of what I first thought. You it's should like you Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale, right? Uh, there's a wonderful uh, fantasy novel that I just read uh, called uh, 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 "The Fifth Season." Uh, that I bet you'd really, really dig. It is, um, uh, it's, it, uh, all three books in this series won like the biggest awards in science fiction. It is, um, an African American woman who wrote this and it is sort of a science fictionalization or a fantasy version of what she perceives as, uh, American, uh, racial issues. And she's sort of turned this into a fantasy world and it's unbelievably beautiful and horrifying. And there's an element to what you're saying about like how like people are people that you believe are good guys and training you for, to stand strong in the world are not good guys. And like the reveals are, are traumatic to read. And I got a lot of that watching this. I was just like, there's there. You want things to be true. You want things that are, you mean like the watchman? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Another one. But it's just like, like I love being uh, like, I love the stories that lead me into wanting to believe that something is true because it seems so comforting and then revealing that the comfort is the poison. And I think that that's what this does incredibly well, because like the comfort that they show of home and the school and how the kids feel about each other and family uh, is essentially turned around into that's how we're policing you. We're using your care for one another against you, you know, and we're manipulating you to control you via the people you love. And it's uh, it's it's like traumatic to witness that. And, and like so one of the one of the biggest represent, rep, representatives of how much um, specifically Emma, because Norman and Ray did not care um, mm-hmm. about how much Emma loves her siblings, mm-hmm. was that when Ray said, "Okay, the three of us are going to escape," she just went, "Nope, we're taking everyone. Taking everyone. <laughs> you like it or not?" Yeah, because she, she represents. She's like she. I love her, I love her as a character because like she keeps on coming up against this question of um, of uh, her own naivete right mm-hmm. like uh like ray's like you're naive you think you can do this but it can't be done you know like the world is awful everything is bad and she's like and and you must betray your friends it's like his constant argument for good for good reason yeah. you know and uh and like it's the every- idea of a, of a of an optimist and a pessimist in the same group Yes, exactly. And that she has Yeah, but he to- because he realized at a very young age everything that was going on. So he had been living with right. that oh, we're all screwed for yes. way longer than she was. Right. And this and the, like I think this is this is something that uh I responded to I feel like everybody who watches this like in today's uh stressful situations will respond to is like it's hard not to become pessimistic in when things are so shitty for so long, you know, it's like, it's, it's backbreaking to try to remain optimistic. Well, and you don't feel like in the contrast of a male perspective amongst that, basically all the decisions being made by females. Well, they don't well, really I think talk like, about uh, the origin of the, of like right. how they get pregnant. So there's always that missing factor of the male perspective right. or the, like, 
and with and with Ray, like you know, like with Ray, like uh, Ray is the most sort of um, let's I, for lack of a better term, like the mo- the most masculine force in the show is yeah. yeah. Right. And and he is you can tell that there's a good person inside this, but he thinks that being strong is being negative, you know, and it's and he's wrong. Like and uh, the person who goes through the stresses on this uh, is is um, uh, our lead character. What's her name? I totally blanked for a second. Emma. Like Emma is like is seeing the entire world and Ray and everyone make this argument to her give up and like. The thing, oh man, I got choked up just talk, trying to say it. Like the argument in the end when the ma. <laughs> Sorry, this is really <laughs> The mom t- saying, please give up is. Oh, that her- hurt. That, that was hurt. extremely emotional for me. Oh, yeah. Like, and the. Uh, and it's really beautiful to see, like, this terrible message being delivered by someone that clearly actually has love. You know, like she has some weird broken form of love happening there and she thinks she's doing Emma a favor, you know, like we can live like this. This and is it, all and right. And in, in my own personal experience of, with, with COVID, mm-hmm. I was optimistic for the first three or t- two or three months. Yeah. Right. But then I just hurt too much being <laughs> optimistic, like, oh, it's going to get better. And then my mom's <laughs> coming up to me and saying, yeah, sorry, you're not going to high school. <laughs> yeah, like this is not happening the way you thought it was going to happen. And then, like after that, I'm just like, nope. Yeah. People keep saying it's gonna, we're gonna be back at school next semester. Nope. No, no probably nope. not. You know, mm-hmm. and like, and and learning to face that, you know, is like as it just even as a possibility, whether it's true or not. And like, honestly, after it's so it's it's an awful thing to say this, but after I stopped being so optimistic, it didn't hurt as much every time right. stuff got so, worse because right. I wasn't getting right. beaten down. I was being uh, proven absolutely right. Dude. I totally you hear you. You can just I be totally negative all the time, and it's like great. A little, because then, <laughs> right? Uh, You're either right yeah. or presently surprised. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, and the thing is, that's like your mom's that, argument. That, that is like for for me, like that is a, it's a very like it's not it's not wrong. It's a good defense mechanism. But ultimately, like for it's me, it's a good defense it, mechanism because I'd rather, I, honestly, I think being positive or being optimistic is actually not a bad thing. As no, long no, as you're exactly. ready to be up, as long as you're, as long as you are uh, 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 willing to take disappointment. It, this is exactly I right. This is, what, this, well, this is what this is what I think the That's story of is, Emma yeah. tells us. Like the story right. of Emma is about facing reality and remaining optimistic, mm-hmm. like which is extraordinarily difficult. You know, and like that she, that she, she loses her naivete, you know, like she loses, she like uh, she loses her like pastoral vision of the world and everyone's she's not good getting up well, on yes, the that, possibility. That, that happened when, when Norman left. Exactly. Right. right. That's what really broke her. Actually, no, right. when her leg broke, that's what, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what, what literally, would say, no, that's, <laughs> that's what exactly literally right. broke her. Literally broke her. Right. The, and the, like, Norman leaving Oh my was, God. The leg breaking was like, I was not a horrifying, I didn't like that. Horrifying. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great though. That's the kind of stuff I watch movies for. Is like the things that I don't want to see are the things that I want to see. Like that's <laughs> like, like that's that's what breaks my heart. You know, yeah. the, the, that's what I'm there to experience. Norman leaving. I uh, besides the whole give up and break, uh, chop your leg in half. Mm-hmm. Um, Norman leaving was what hit me the hardest because oh, yeah. of how broken she was. Yeah, yeah. Because. <laughs> He was the only one who was really on her side because Ray was kind of always fighting her. Right. He was a neutral. 
Yeah, Norman uh, Norman was the neutral between optimist uh, and pessimist. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Well, he I was actually, a logical one. Yeah. Right. I have a, a manga wall with a bunch of different scenes from different anime, and the one and the one scene I have from The Promised Neverland was Isabella saying, it's time to go, Norman. And whenever I see yeah. it, I just go, mm. Oh, it's fucking horrifying, man. It's so but sad. I love it, but I hate yeah, it, but I love it. <laughs> but that's, like, that's the reason to watch this. I mean, like, and just to be, uh, like, this is what I love. Uh, it's, I know it's a big, broad, silly thing to say, but I go to movies to cry. That's yep. why I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either there to cry laughing or I'm there to cry crying or <laughs> like whatever it is. Like it's a, I'm there to have my emotions messed around with. Like that's what it's for. And to see the movie like this do it so like daringly, but responsibly is the best experience I can have because like the ending of this movie, um, and, and it really feels like a movie to me. Like, I mean, like if they never make any, any more of it, it's fine. Like all the emotional arcs happened. Right. Like it, it landed it, in the place I, need, I needed it, it to land. It has an ending. It's not yeah, like exactly. they're all ziplining and it cuts off right there. Yeah. Oh my God. What's going to happen? <laughs> that would suck. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would suck. Um, but like that moment, like the the and the zipline scene in particular, like it was so like that is the most masterfully done sequence in this whole film for me that because, little girl crying and saying oh, i don't think i could do this i just I went think, yeah, honey it, yeah, just go so hard, right <laughs> and and what's really great is that like for all the rest of the for all the rest of the show when there are big emotions happening the music is also really big and emotional it's like da, da, ba, ba, da, 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 and you're like oh no right? right but this is the most actually emotional moment in the entire uh film and there's I was no gonna, music at all it's I, just <laughs> the wind I it's was just going to ask about that the because they, there's, it seems to be that was another sort of anime style thing. Is when when, when there's a slightly emotional thing, the music seems way to raise way yeah. over, it's way over, real crazy, real yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I think that like it worked. They they understood what they were doing with this because like they're like they're you know like music is always there to represent the emotional state that the characters are in, and that's their voice instead mm-hmm. of explaining how they feel, right? Um, and it almost becomes like comical in some anime where the music is like so crazy over the top for what's going on, uh, that it feels like almost a disconnect, uh, uh for the, for the viewer. Well, right? the end and, theme song is the total disconnect because it sounds yeah, like pizzicato right. five when <laughs> yes, the credits right, are going. Right. Yeah, I'm exactly. trying to remember what the ending was. I only it's remember like, the beginning because the beginning is like my favorite song ever. It's like totally Japanese. The credit amazing for this movie, by the way. The the end credit sequence. Yeah. The end credit music. Yeah, it's classic. Pizzicato 5 is actually perfect. It's Pizzicato 5. Yeah, so Pizzicato 5. But yeah, the like the that they understood the difference between like the sort of a childlike vision of what emotional music is versus the grown-up vision of what the decision is in the end uh, was shocking to me. Where they're just like, we don't need music. Like, we'll bring the music in when we, we need the music. But right now, you're feeling what you're feeling because this is really happening. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the choice to get on the line and just having that, like, the, just when they get to the other side and the and they cut the lines, like, I was like, like I'm suddenly in a, like, at a different emotional level than I've been this entire time. Everything else is great, but feels like little kiddish versus what I'm now experiencing, which is what they're experiencing. Like it's they've grown up, they crossed the divide. Mm-hmm. What yeah, I've noticed just generally in shows, like movies, but this one, this is a really good example of it. At the beginning, the antagonist, we're just going to assume Isabella is the antagonist. Mm-hmm. 
she's very well put together. Yes. Like she has the she has the tight bun. She's like very yeah. and she not even wavered for like the whole thing. Not even when um Norman ran away, she wasn't wavered. Yep. yep. It was until Emma started screaming, and then the whole fire thing happened. I yep. could see it in her eyes; she yeah. was coming undone. To crack. And then, yeah, exactly. and then the second she realized that they got away, and like the the ear scene, which was gross, right, right. she just went. That was it for her. She cracked. She broke. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh, it's starting." How, how did you feel when she let down her hair? Like, I, for, my first thought was like, "Oh my gosh, she's beautiful." Yeah. <laughs> um, right. My second thought was, "She looks like a human." Yes. Exactly. 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 Like, that is that is who she is internally the whole time. Like, the idea you know? of, like, when she has her hair tied back, I, I know this from experience, when my hair is in a really tight bun, my entire face feels tight, and it's yeah, just like this, right. and I feel, obviously I feel human, but, like, I feel <laughs> different. And, yeah, exactly. I, like, seeing her with her hair down, it's like seeing her relaxed and seeing yep. her normal. Yep. Yep. And, in, and it's in, in a very sad moment for her. Like, so you're seeing this really, like, she's completely unguarded in this emotional moment. Like, her kids that she, in a very twisted way, cared about are gone. Like, this, that's the end, you know? And so you get to see her in this moment, like, as a person. And again, I watched the entire movie in my head by seeing this happen, you know? And so, like, I get that emotion. Like, I get to relive the experience from a different point of view all at once at the end of the movie. And, uh, and that's, uh, like, this is something that you don't see a lot in say mainstream American film right now, right. you know? And like, as much as I like say Avengers movies and stuff like this, which are super fun, like they are very, uh, one, one sided, you know, like there is the <laughs> bad really guy and we em- might understand. What's up, Eric? You didn't really get that emotional attachment. It seems like from Akira. Uh, Akira is a little it's a lot less emotional for me like it's much more sort of intellectual Um, but uh, the emotion that I'm tied to with Akira is about the uh, the use of art itself like Mm -hmm. I like uh, Akira is a is a movie for me as an artist and uh, and I feel like because I I don't know enough about you know uh, like I don't connect with them emotionally because I don't totally share an experience um, that they're talking about, but I definitely share the artistic, the experience, uh, experience yeah, okay. of the film. And yeah, yeah. so like, uh, so like I really feel tied to that movie as a, as a process of self-realization, uh, and expressing, um, like things that r- are really deep inside you and are hard to say, and then saying them through, uh, art that you care about. And that's why I've rewatched Akira like a million times. It's like, I may not, because I'm not Japanese and I didn't grow up in that period, like, I can't connect to it on the level that, you know, someone who did can. But I can connect to them as a, as someone who is, uh, tries to do the same thing as the person who made this film. You know, and that's why that means a lot to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I think I think that relationship to Sumo or, and, and the, the older one... I think that kind of like he can't see him grow. I thought there was like a big brother, little brother, um, oh, yeah. kind of relationship yeah. bond that I, I really, I really dug a lot on yeah. the set, this viewing, yeah. uh, as opposed like the first time I saw in the 80, uh, like 89, 90, it was 
all about the visuals. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's a totally gorgeous movie. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing but I think, I think you, you said, I mean, Akira definitely feels more intellectual in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, this, you know, uh, Promise Neverland is definitely about an emotional bond. Thing, it's right? all 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, like, you can, you know, like, you know. Uh, and then the defining what family is. Things. That's another thing that's very, like, defining what family is is also very interesting, right? Yeah, and what if your family was a complete lie and a fabrication? I think yeah. the thing about Akira is, you know, there's such a fragmentation in that society of the people and the way everybody's just kind of roaming the streets like that. Uh, mm-hmm. There's definitely this kind of, yeah, it could be an intellectual exercise, but there's absolutely kind of like uh, the bonds are so thin. And then uh, just the way you live in that society, I just felt like the relationship between all those teenagers and the friend, like here, uh, all the oh, yeah. friends, uh, is yeah. definitely well, like, uh, was sad because it's just like, well, it wasn't I, even just I like West Side it, Story sad. Right. And I really, and I relate to it in terms of like, uh, like, what is happening for um, the kids in Akira, uh, I think, is sort of happening to everybody in the United States now. Now. Like, yeah. You know, and, uh, and not, not just kids, like literally everybody. everybody where, like, yeah. And, uh, and there's this. That bridge scene uh, was very reminiscent of stuff we've seen this summer. Right. And, like, when you're, when you're talking about um, uh, our, uh, our friend who was offered the gig of directing Akira, right? Like, when mm-hmm. uh, doing an American version of Akira, um, like the first time it got talked about, uh, I was the only one who was for this idea. Uh, it got talked about like, it's like, we have to reset. If we're new to America, we have to do it, reset it in New York and essentially make it like, um, the central thing is like not a nine 11 thing as opposed to an atomic bomb thing. And everyone was very mad about this. And I was like, that's exactly what you should do. That's the only even remotely comparable event that has happened to us. Like it's not comparable, really, um, but it's the same kind of psychic scar, and yeah. uh, and we've I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I really feel like we're in the the tough situation we are now politically and socially um, because on nine eleven we were infected with extremism. Uh, there was extremism before, and there are polarized political parties before that, but that's the moment that sets off a chain reaction for us socially that has led to the verge of disaster, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and so when I watch what happens in Akira, like I, I'm like, this is where we're at, you know, like there's, Oh yeah. You know, like, but again, violent. isn't that what they tried to do with Watchmen? <laughs> it was the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. And yeah. I think that, I think I like what's interesting is I, re- I really loved um, HBO's Watchmen. It's very good. Uh, and it, and it I, made, I, made, I'm not a huge fan of. Watchmen, I'm not a huge fan. I watch one episode, but I understand what Chris is saying. But <laughs> yeah, I, no, definitely, I, I, like, I definitely, I, there's something extremely tear jerking and depressing about yeah. Akira when they're on the bridge, and yes. it's just kind of because there's a hopelessness about it that you can feel today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and so like this, this also ties into Neverland because like the like uh, I think there's a there's a weird feeling that we all share right now because like the you know the economy is in free fall it's a disaster everything is very terrible Mm -hmm. but like all the surface stuff is still very pleasant and we are looking for things to distract us you know like yeah there's lots of people that are suffering and there's lots of people that are out of work and there's lots of like but the general tone is like don't worry it's all somehow going to be fine and let's embrace the 
the fine, the fact that's going to be fine. And right. I'm like, but it may really not be fine. You know, it, like it really, like it, it, it feels like there's a, there's a reveal coming when we find out, you know, like that, Oh, the, you know, the kid that went away through the gate got eaten, yeah. <laughs> you know, right, and right. that, and then that deep, deep anxiety behind the surface of you know, like, uh, of, of, of pleasant distraction is huge. That's the and, coma uh, feel that I got. Remember the movie right. that I was talking about earlier, that unsettlingness that was in coma right. years ago is right. the same thing. And it's just... Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, coma is a movie that was directed by Michael Crichton based on a uh, screenplay as well. And it's about people being... It's a human farm uh, where hospital a hospital is essentially putting people into comas and then taking those bodies and storing them still semi-alive and selling them for organs and whatnot. Like it's uh, terrifying. <laughs> it's a, it it's is. a good movie. Yeah. Michael uh, but yeah, same thing. Yep. And, and, uh, and it is the, it's, it's promise Neverland. It's all this stuff. And I feel like, uh, we, um, like in that we're not making any movies right now, it's going to be really interesting. The movies we make after this crisis, like, oh, yeah. You, yeah, like we're going to be making promise Neverland like times 10. Uh, mm. To try to talk about the stuff that we are going through right now. Well, that would all, be the good thing to do, right? Because there was, be. you know, after nine eleven, we weren't always talking about that. We were making movies to distract ourselves from reality. Yes, and the nine eleven this comes through in our movies anyways. It does, but films. it's all, but seriously, it's not. It's there. We're like we're just trying to pretend that it didn't happen. Yes, yes, and it did, and then we never deal with it. You know, we we should be we should have been making our our Godzillas right exactly. and, and deal with those things, but we never did. Yeah. Uh, instead, we tried to pretend that it was all good, and the only thing that mattered is uh, superheroes and making sure the stock market is strong, and that's the only <laughs> exactly. thing that mattered. And, and we've never done any real uh, analysis, self analysis, or psychological process. No, 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 no. We of, just we just pretended it didn't happen. Yeah. No, we right. never. Well, that yeah, goes back we, to your shame comment. Yes. Right. It's, right. Well, it, it does. It's right. this, the questioning of yourself. Uh, culturally and everything, and the Japanese do it, and um, the Japanese at least confront it. <laughs> yeah, they, they deal do. with it in their art all the time. Right. You know, it's yeah. a, like that's like this is the greatness of like when I see like the stuff. Just an virtually every an anime that I've ever seen, good or bad, has an element of this. Like yeah. it's it's just accepted practice that like you look into your heart for storytelling. And you're not telling stories as a novelty. You're telling them because you're expressing something that's meaningful to you. That's right. And that's why it's, that's why this stuff is emotional, right? That's why it's affecting. And that's why I think it spread so well from Japan to the rest of the world and to, you know, younger people in the United States so here's uh, who take it seriously. In, so uh, in the promised Neverland, I think um, with Isabella, there's a person that has a good amount of screen time, that you just want to loathe, and that makes it's it's easier to move through it. And right. uh, Isabella was that person for me, rightfully so, mm -hmm. because she sucks. And then <laughs> the second I saw her backstory, I'm like, no, 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 no! Don't make me feel bad. I want someone Don't to hate. Make me. Yes, yeah, oh my God, that's the that's the most profound thing to say here, man. That's like that is a genius thing to say because, because like, like gra uh, Grandma, whatever her her name was, she doesn't have enough character development or screen time for me to yeah. actually have a real opinion on her. Yeah, she's a monster. She's just a monster that exists outside the walls, right? Whereas like mm -hmm. Isabella is, they like, don't even give her eyes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> totally shadowed. But like Isabella is uh, like, we really want to hold on to our hatred for her. 
But then you like, see, oh my gosh, she had a horrible past. Right. She let them go. No, then, I want to hate right. them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you want to hate her. You want to be able to continue to hate her because, at least for me, it feels safer to blame her yeah. than to say, I could be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that she went down a path that anybody, including me, could go. Mm-hmm. Like, we, do that, and, we do that politically, too. We right. want to hate this people is, and just move on. Yeah, yep. and we just went and we just dumped them. Like, oh, that person has done something or is associated with something that is bad, so we are no longer going to talk about them. And like, right. that is not how you process this shit. Mm-mm. Like, you need to take it on and actually see what is in you about what it. What led to that? Right, yeah. because like the it, I was I was describing. Um, um, Anne and I were talking about one of my favorite movies of all time is The French Connection. Right. Yeah. Um, and The French Connection really is a, is a cop movie from the 70s. And it's from 1971. And the main character is, and it's a really exciting movie and it's really well made. And it has this great performance by Gene Hackman. The hero of the movie is not just a bad, like a bad cop who is like beats corrupt. people up and is incredibly corrupt and is doing horrible things. Um, he's a bad person through and through. He's like selfish and brutal and ugly and like every you have no good thing you can say about this guy except that he's the hero of the film and he's against the bad guy right and so you watch the movie and you're like well i want to defeat the bad guy so that's my hero and you're what and so you kind of tacitly support the what this bad what the cop is doing because he's your good guy and then at the end of the movie the movie's like Are you fucking crazy he's the bad guy the guy that you were treating as the hero is the villain, you jerks, right. you know? And, uh, and I, and when I was saying it out loud, I was like, the reason why making a movie like that is important is because, uh, you need as I think as anyone, um, you need to be able to say that could be me. Like you don't realize when you are doing wrong, you know, you don't because you're emotionally motivated to do something and it's satisfying. You feel like you're doing something good. Like, you know, like, uh, say, like, you know, on a much broader scale, the terrorists who flew the planes into the buildings on 9-11 thought they were the good guys. Like, there's no other way to have done it. They're not cackling and saying, we're so evil. Like, they're saying, this is a blow towards the great evil of the West. That's what they thought. They're, they're committing great evil. It's terrible. But like you need to be able to look at a character like Isabella, or you need to be able to look at like a character like the the bad cop from French Connection, and say, I have to be able to forgive this person because that could be me, right? And when that happens with Isabella, and I'm like, this, I have made her mistakes, like that is deeply revealing to me of myself. And that's what's powerful and useful. And when we only give ourselves uh, good heroes that only do good things and ask everyone to be totally righteous all the time, and we never examine ourselves that way. You know, we're only talking about how we hope things are. And what you really need to do is say, like, I might be faulty and I have to be careful. Because when you look at the main character, you she makes the right choice because she admits what she doesn't want to admit, which is the world may be terrible and I still have to choose to be good, you know? And that's why she's different than Isabella. Isabella tries to hide from that because she doesn't want to look at it, you know? And that's what leads her to be bad. And it's really incredible. Like all that stuff, it's like, so it's so deep, but 
it's there as a fucking great awesome anime that's super entertaining and has monsters and has all this other stuff you know and it's only after i see it that i'm like whoa like something really big happened in my heart you know and that's that's why it's important to me sorry for the big long thing there but that's it was a really really valuable experience it's part of the reason why i stick to um shonen anime it has action. It has like actual stuff that's entertaining to me. Shoujo's good <laughs> right. too. Shoujo's right. good too. It could actually be really funny, mm-hmm. but it's boring. <laughs> well, what's a, what are examples that are the difference between those two? Um, I actually don't know what the Promised Neverland is. Um, Attack on Titan is definitely shonen. It's it's aimed towards the younger male audience. It has right. fights. It has action. It has supernatural. Right. And then shoujo. I've only watched like one, and that's Orin High School Host Club. It's romance, it's high school, it's everything's right. normal in the world, except it's just funny and well, all that what, stuff. But what well, about the, the other one you made us watch, which was a really good film? <laughs> I made you watch No, it's good. I, sorry, I don't mean to say it that way. That, that, you, <laughs> that you, 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 you turned us on to. The one about the, 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 the death girl, the girl who can't hear. Silent voice. The silent voice. That's, that's, shown, voice right that's Shoujo. Yeah. So that so was I said death girl. Death. 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 The death girl, which may also be an anime. The death girl. That's why it didn't narrow it down for me. <laughs> we do not know. It's true. Death. Um, uh, or like the, uh, there's a, um, uh, an anime about a, um, a swimming team. Like free. it's basically, yeah, free. Right. And it's a, uh, and like, it's a, it's a gay romance show. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> Those and are it's all the really, good ones. Gay romance right. shows. And it's like, and it's a, it's a very affecting show. It's a really, like, it's a very, emotionally powerful show and like no like they can't actually have real relationships so it's all you know, because it's japanese tv um but they're oh like God. <laughs> they're like it's like, like it's it's like total like a deeply emotional gay love story uh, done as a swimming swim team show right you know? anything gay or bl mm-hmm. either it's really controversial or they die yeah it's true yeah I know. <laughs> have, that you, have you uh have you seen given no it's um Super short, eleven episodes about um, uh, gay band people. Gay oh band wow! Humans. Wow. Banana right. fish is also is also BL. Yeah, yeah. What else? I know there's more. Yeah. Yuri yeah. on ice. There we go. Right. Well, I mean, like, the, the, and this is just a, a guess on my part, but like, I think that that is common. Uh, the common trope of like the the death trope uh, is is common in, in American uh, fiction as well for gay characters because. You know, uh, because people, uh, at least in uh, American fiction, like uh, the people who uh, grew up during a period when it was not even remotely acceptable, feels like, you know, like this feels like a death sentence, you know, like right. I can't be this way. And so it's automatically going to be tragic. Um, that's shifting and it's changing. Hey. Um, but it's still like, I mean, one Whoa. of the. One of, what happened, Eric? Yeah. There's, we lost Eric for like out. 10 minutes. No, it wasn't 10 minutes. It was like nine and a half minutes. Sorry, right. We're still rocking. It's okay. Thank you for but like I had a back. whole conversation uh, with, about this with my, my friend's mom. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, like banana fish, the whole point, the whole, uh, I don't want to spoil it because I don't know. If, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. But it, because oh I think God. what you've done, Lily, is you've basically ah. given people a ton of content. Uh, resources. That they can <laughs> I know there's so much. <laughs> this, this, I have so a much. lot. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, which is great. Have you ever thought of doing um, a uh, podcast on anime yourself? 
like the second we started I, this I one, my brain went, what if I did a podcast about anime? <laughs> yeah, that was like a fleeting thought. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. Like, obviously, you have a lot of uh, a lot You can do a stuff. Twitch? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Broaden your you and, you and, uh, you and uh, Jay can get on Twitch. <gasps> yes. And then you guys can, uh, can do that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Eric and and Dan and I are actually going to be trying to do our own Twitch. So we'll 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 uh, show you the ropes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I think I'm going to be bad at this, but I'm I'm willing to try. What do you mean you're going to be bad at this? (laughs) I'm bad at the only way you're going to truly fail is if you don't try it at all. Yes, that's right. We're going to do it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. I love it. I love no, this plan. We will we will see how this works. But, Wait, um, even when I was like uh, 14 years old, I was an old man in regards to technology. Now that I'm actually an old man, it's 100 times worse. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Between the three of us, we'll figure it out. It will be great. It will be great. All right. Listen, man, this I, is I, a real I, pleasure, man. This is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really glad we were able to do this. Uh, I'm probably going to uh, uh, need to get off soon because we've got to – take care of a few things here at the house, but sure. I'm really glad we were able to do something about anime. Cause I've been wanting to do something about this for a while. Uh, and and to bring in my household expert on the subject, Lily was really fun. Household. <laughs> nice work. Nice yeah. work. Yeah. Was absolutely. Very great recommendation. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Talking with you. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of fun. So guys, when are, what's uh, when are we doing one, uh, with Olivia? You, you tell me, we're going to do the, uh, she loves uh, Beetlejuice and uh, the original Body Snatchers, which we watched. Oh, right. That's a, okay, so Body Snatchers and Great Beetlejuice one. from the 40s, loved, right? The 50s, 50s, yeah. 50s, yeah. I mean, sorry. 56, yeah. 57, and then Not uh, Donald Sutherland one. No, Although, we watched that, that one, too. Also I, I don't – yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I remember seeing it in the theater, but – the, the original you can watch it's like the original thing you can just watch that over and over again i i feel i feel uh, the same actually the thing is a perfect example because i love the original thing i love the carpenter version of the thing and i love the short story it's based on and i feel the same way about jack finney's novel body uh vision of the body snatchers and both versions of the body snatchers all great yeah. the body snatchers is yep. is good totally awesome totally awesome tonight's well, drawings guys oh, look at this look at that I mean, this is what twitch is gonna be great for yeah, people can't see this, but it's really Those are great. See, check us out on Instagram at uh, Martini Giant, uh, Martini underscore Giant on Instagram. You can see Eric's art. Um, but I gotta say, Promise Neverland was not my thing. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's yeah, just, it's fine. That's what we're supposed. Yeah, because with the anime, I need to respond to like the visuals, and it was just soft and like hee hee hee, you know. And I just. <laughs> and it's well like, it's like Thank you. <laughs> I like the, I like the, uh, the a little bit of the grit, you know, Chris. Yep. A little bit of the grit, and um, I I is well written. I dug it, but I definitely I was seeing other things in it, like uh, even um, uh, not Lost Boys, but um, you know, oh god, I'm on painkillers right now. But the point is, <laughs> I I saw other movies in it, like The Great Escape. I love that aspect of it, like The Great Escape, right. with the kids planning in the woods. And yeah. timing stuff out, I dug that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the the style was not something that went with the motives. I guess I would have loved to have seen a little bit more edge in visual frozen. style. Do you know what I mean? Like the visual style. I love that the palette differently. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. What's that? 
I hear Dan saying something. <laughs> Dan? Hoping I'm coming back. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He, he, he thinks he's, I think he lost us and he's coming oh. back again. Uh-huh. Yeah. He didn't actually lose us? <laughs> no, no. He's like, I'm hoping I'm coming back. And he's like talking to himself right now. <laughs> well, I can hear him. There we go. Hello. Yeah, I yeah. used to work at an office with can you hear a woman. Us? Yes. Okay. I used yeah. to work at an office years ago in visual effects. And the, the, um, the woman at the front desk would never be able to turn that thing off for the intercom. Uh-huh. So she would just say, you know, Steve, line four, you know, you know, so-and-so is on line four and not, not press stop. So right. she's like, oh, God, my back kills me. Here <laughs> oh, it comes again. Oh, I don't God, even want to know what I was saying. And it would just go on and on. And finally, guys would be like, turn your intercom off. It was always, always happening. So you'd hear her inner talking to oh herself my gosh, I can and, totally and see comments about that. people. It's hilarious. It was so, like so I had this, I had these walkie talkies that I got. So we're going on, going to go on a, a road trip and it was, my dad was in one car and I was in the other car and I gave him the walkie talkie. Right. <laughs> and so we're in a parking lot and I hand him the walkie talkie and I can see him in the car and I'm like, say, Hey, you know, click, click, click and tell him to talk. Well, there was another button that was not the talk button, but was the uh, alarm button or beep oh. button. And so I would see him in the car and I would hear my walkie talkie go beep. And he was like, beep. And he just mouth is just going up and down talking. And all I hear is this beep. And then I like hang up and I said, you're pushing the wrong button. And he looks at me and he goes, beep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was going on for minutes. Like, it was like, beep. It was like, ah. God, I was expecting like you hit the beep and scared him, and then you look in the rearview mirror and his car veers off. No, he just this <laughs> is like this. I can see his mouth moving, and all I hear is beep. Oh, yeah, it's pretty pretty hilarious. That's my yeah, yeah. The the intercom not turning off thing is uh, yeah, that was funny. genius stuff. Like her personal monologue about people in the office and be like, turn it off, and she would literally just go off on. Oh God, it's such a we had these little um we had these little mic packs and the mics were attached to us we were filming in a garage so we would take breaks and during we were filming in a garage during the summer so we were making a short film it was really really hot (laughs) and we had mic packs and the mic guy who was a friend of a friend of ours's dad said okay i'm going to show you how to turn it off (laughs) yeah and i don't think we and either way he didn't listen to like like we were in the kitchen drinking sodas and we were just like talking and we were like, oh, wait, he can hear us. We weren't talking yeah. about anything bad. We were just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. And we asked him, did you hear what we were saying? And he goes, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I did the, uh, the moment from Naked Gun two and a half. <laughs> nice, I, yeah. I went, uh, I, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was the host of a series of talks at SIGGRAPH for one of our V-Ray days or whatever. And I had the whole uh, you know mic pack, and then I went to the bathroom and yep. the pee. Oh. And go, oh. That's, oh, thank God! Oh. <laughs> Oof, boy, really? I've been waiting for that for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <That's so good>. <laughs> <laughs> you never told me that, dude. That is hilarious. Yeah, that's good business. And when did you realize when you got back? <laughs> Was that? When you got back, people are like, it was on or did you? Yeah, the AV guy told me about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's like, you just pulled a naked gun two and a half. (laughs) I know my social studies teacher liked, he had that little mic thing and it would like go over the speakers so people could hear him. And he was like, to this kid, 
go outside, like, and we all knew he was going to yell at him. And he finished teaching whatever, and he goes, okay, work on this. And he went outside, but he didn't turn his mic pack off, so everyone could hear him just screaming at the kid. And we were all just like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. It's okay. All right, guys. Uh, so was, thank let's, you for doing this. And yeah, that was, was fun. I love it. New genre, new kind of things we're talking about. And, you yeah, know, if, nice good. and gory. Nice and yes. gory. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend you guys watch at least just a, like the literally the first few minutes of Assassination Classroom. <laughs> No, I can't wait. Just, first episode. I was just like, oh my god! It's oh so my god! I'm this gonna is watch so funny. that. I will watch that. But what about the other one? Um, the um, banana fish. Banana fish. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm watching it now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the kind of endorsement that makes me watch something. Don't do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you asked for it. I heard. Do it. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, cool, you know, what we, quickly, before we go, we never talked about, but what I'm going to actually do is that we talked, Dan, you had mentioned that Akira was a comic book at the same, I'm curious what the style is, how similar it is to the movie. Very oh, similar. Very similar. Very similar. Like same artist. Same artist, yeah. Absolutely. It's oh, it's good, the same really guy. Beautiful. Okay. I, I'll, again, there's, you can get it as a collection of six big fat books, and the art is glorious. Absolutely. Okay. Terrific. Terrific. Uh, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about, Eric, in terms of like the Ozu um, aspect. You know, there's a lot more detail about um, like the life of these characters and yeah. how that's drawn and how the frames are drawn and all this kind of stuff. And like, cause they like, uh, and this sort of syncs up with what you're asking about the emotional content. Like the film is not an emotional thing though. Comics is a much more emotional experience. Um, and it's definitely worth uh, checking out. It's really, really brilliant. Um, and it, and sort of like, and it goes beyond what the movie was, you know? So and it's, honestly, it's, uh, some of those characters, I had this old comic in my book, vast book collection here ran xerox and some of the spark oh, yes. were ran xerox i was like wait yes. a minute yeah ran xerox. we've talked about ran xerox in the show yeah before. but that yeah. gritty face is like a block yeah. really intense anger yeah, yeah like a glenn danzig look <laughs> exactly nice. exactly no it's totally awesome and also uh i wanted to throw in just uh very quickly uh for all of our godzilla talk i still want to mention people should see shin godzilla if they have not um, because that actually fits into this conversation by saying that movie, which is a brilliant movie all by itself, is the opposite. It says the opposite of the pacifist statement of the original Godzilla. Mm -hmm. So if you want yeah. movies that are in dialogue with each other, um, then I would say uh, watch Godzilla, the first Godzilla, and the basically the most recent globally popular Godzilla, which is Shin Godzilla, mm -hmm. uh, which is the same as like when Lily are pointing out the uh, assassination classroom versus battle royale like there are interesting pairings like that it has the same thing though the the guy goes to put the bomb mm -hmm. at the same just like they did in the original yeah yeah it's it's it basically repeats the plot only yeah. it's like shin godzilla is like the 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 story of shin godzilla is like uh maybe ultimately it's like maybe we should be a military power and maybe we should have control over this ourselves we shouldn't yeah. use it but we should have um access to it Oh, uh, which is the total opposite argument of the original one. And like, you know, it may be something I politically disagree with, but it's a really powerful thing to see those movies uh, face off against each other um, yeah. in what they're saying. So, yeah, I recommend, although Battle Royale is very, very hard to watch. It's very, it's very sad yeah. and very gross. Um, it sounds like a, I'm going to watch that in pairing with uh, Assassination uh, Classroom and I will report back to you on it. Very okay. Uh, 
uh, dad was like, oh, we, like we were just, we, after, right after we finished Promise Neverland, I think. No, after we watched the first few episodes, dad went, how many episodes is Assassination Classroom? And I went, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's short for an anime. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Hunter has, One Piece has 920 something. Oh, yeah. My, my brother's been trying to get me to read this um, uh, uh, boxing manga. Very popular. And I'm like, uh, so how long has this been running? It's like, I don't know, since like 1980. I'm like, <laughs> uh, how long do I? It's like thousands of issues. Yeah, uh, oh, and the one thing I want to recommend to you, Lily, if you like this movie, uh, if you like uh, Promise Neverland, uh, check out a movie called, um, oh, shoot, I just flew out of my mind, with Kira Knightley called Never Let Me Go. Mm. Uh, I think you might get a kick out of that. It's uh, it's uh, like it's as if someone made a film out of Promised Neverland, only as a like a really sad English drama, and it's really something. It's a real cry fest, but it's a great, great film. I mean, of course, it's a cry fest. If it's, a, yes. if it's, it's, it's <laughs> how come? Eh, if it's a great film, then of course it's going to be a cry it's fest. A I cry mean, fest that you, we agree <laughs> exactly. Second, we should we should really do a whole with Twitch. Because mm-hmm. you love to cry during movies, we got to pick the ones that make you cry the most. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. Let's, do, a, let's choose Manchester by the Sea. That would be good. Oh my like god! Like a dan yeah. cam, and it's just on his eyes. Yeah. Okay. Here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. And, and we just kind of wait. Wait, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Maybe oh, we attach is. sensors to his like lower eyelid to the just see sensors. how the moisture yeah. meter. Like I have a moisture <laughs> meter. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, like let me just experience this when I'm talking about Isabella's story, and I start getting like, oh Christ, I'm gonna choke. We have to do the moisture meter, Chris. Yeah, we have to do the moisture meter. The moisture cam. Yeah, the moisture cam. Moisture cam. Dude, yeah. Why well, let's Dan watches Titanic? No, it, yeah, yeah, this dies. is it. So we we uh, on Twitch, you know, Eric, you and I, you, you know, it's just you and the, you drawing a background. It's me doing thing. But I, for for Dan, it's just a super close up of his eyeball. Just one big close up of his eyeball. Just like just like how crying. how reflective is it? He's crying. He's crying. And that's the first it's tier. Like, We're twelve like, minutes in, and that's the first tier, ladies and gentlemen. That's okay. I think he's gonna start crying at fifteen minutes. We have Eric in there. It's like, a Eric's talking like Cosell in bananas, you know, just like, and I think what's happening here. It's a great movie, Manchester by the Sea. We got great performances, and the credits the are starting. has made him cry gentlemen. every and single minute, time. We see a tear. We are in the credits, and we see a tear. Unheard of. Oh, man. Like, yeah, Banana yeah. Fish, I, uh, I, my friend hasn't seen it, so she, we had an anime night uh, yesterday, so we, like, socially distanced, and she had, like, a bunch of candy and a bunch of ice cream because she knows how bad it. She knows how sad it is, and mm. they literally came over with a bunch of tissues. That's that's. Perfect. And I left I mean, right I as it was getting intense. She goes, "Oh, I'm not going to stop watching. I'm going to keep going." And I went, "Okay, I'm." <laughs> Tissue's good gone. Luck. That's the goal. <laughs> good luck. That's anime night should be a Twitch. Oh yeah, you yeah, host that'd be great. the parties, the anime nights. Yeah, that would be a hit. That would absolutely be a hit. I think people would love to hear you talk about that stuff. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. So exciting. So exciting. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lily. And uh, we will will see you again. So you guys ready to do this? Yes. Drink. Talk. Hell. Do it again. Ready? Okay. Okay. Drink. Talk. Drink. (laughs) 